Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, episode 20 of the 2014 offseason. This is show 133. What up, Larry Bird? What up? What up, Pip? What up? Um, just giving a shout out early to basketball, but this is a great podcast. We're fired up um, on this one to talk about what we're calling freshly squeezed. Concepts by Pyro. Uh, this offseason, since the Super Bowl, really, we've been just killing it and coming up with some great, great, great content that's really heady and it's just not out there uh, on the other sites and the so called experts in fantasy football across the interwebs. We're taking shit to another level and very, very heady, very conceptual, very, jeez, oh, in some cases, very, very uh, smart and elaborate. Um, Ways to, you know, heady, educate. You it's, no, it's heady. Yeah, it's heady stuff. So we're on a different level with that stuff, and we want to talk about those pieces and, you know, give ourselves a little high five, but this isn't about um, sucking our own cocks. Really what we want to do is is just show these pieces and talk about how you can use them uh, throughout uh, the off season to make your teams better. And we'll go through a number of those, and then we're going to close it out with a handful of mailbag questions that we got from uh, fans over Twitter. And fans over Facebook. You can reach us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash pyromania. P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one, A-C. And then on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac, normal spelling. All right, Deanie, what's going on, my man? How show, you doing? Show 133, I'll pay an homage to a great 33. How about Tony Dorsett? All right, another, oh, yeah. another one. Houdini, I got with me to my left. I got Dogmatica across the way from me. I'm D-Rex, we're Pyromaniac.com. Fellas, any good uh, NFL news happening uh, that we should concern ourselves with? Anything I, cross your noses? I heard that LeBron James opted out his contract to go play football. Oh, <laughs> for the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that, would be, that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> take a Josh Gordon spot. He refuses to take a tight end as his uh, uh, position, though. <laughs> he doesn't like the pay scale of the yeah. tight end position. Smart oh, man. Sir. God, he makes a lot more money than anybody in the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah, NBA draft and is we're trying to get for your basketball. Is it tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, tonight, tomorrow. Oh, wait, no, it's right Thursday. tomorrow. It's Thursday. Tomorrow I feel like it's Thursday. Yeah, yeah no, it it's, it's, like it's tomorrow night. I, I hope to catch a little bit of that. I, I watch mm-hmm. it every year. Um, it's, it's not as great, but I actually was at the LeBron draft in New York with Maurice Wasserman and my other buddy Andreas Velenko. So, so I was at the Wade, the LeBron uh, draft, uh, Carmelo Anthony, the Drock, Drock, uh, Darko, uh, the Darko pick. Oh, that, yeah, and that oh. he was the second pick, and that was when that was when the, the Detroit Pistons were in their uh, billups. Yeah. 
They were in their heyday. They thought this and guy was going to be the one. was all over Joe Dumar's ass. He was he just taken he was the best guy for the job. And, and everybody was loving him. He was the executive, basically, of the year. I think yeah, the year before. he was. But and first, then, he, then he goes and picks Darko. He could have had Carmelo Anthony. He could have had Dwayne Wade. He could have had... You know who went right? We got right after Dwayne Wade went was uh, Kirk Heinrich. Kirk Heinrich. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk, so yeah, he went like seventh Kansas. or eighth, and it was like we were that close. Oh, to he having must to have been freaking. Oh, we were Chicago going Chicago Bulls. Oh, there were trades. There were two yeah, trades. Well, yeah, there were two trades that draft. Remember the Bulls traded to go. It was the one. It was the draft where they had traded um, to get. Oh, that was no. That was the year before. I went two years in a row. The year before was a trade that we made to get Eddie Curry, Curry and, and uh, Tyson, Chandler. Tyson Chandler. Chandler. That worked out well. Tyson Chandler <laughs> got yeah. Tyson Chandler got traded today to the Mavericks actually. But let's you get to football. Jerry well, I, real quick. Well, you're about to. I assume maybe you're about to say the same I thing. Got some, I got some. No, I got with, some. With the draft. No. Oh, speaking no, no. of drafts, the NFL draft, from what I hear, might be coming to Chicago next year. Really. Oh. Well, I've been wow. hoping for that, but there is something else. You, you tap in. We'll kind of where I was going, there's something else that's coming to Chicago. The Star know. Wars Museum? The Star Wars, Wars Museum, Museum, although I'm a person George who is Lucas not Museum. really happy. Yeah, yeah, George Lucas. But I'm really not happy about this right now. You know where they're talking about putting it? That is yeah. Darth Vader on Dar- my, and then my head. D-Rex you, you, has you a... You were wearing that last time I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got, I've got I think five wears, shirts. I think he wears it a lot. I've got five Wait, shirts. I was wearing the same things. jeans, the same hat. So, why do you think you're always seeing me in a pirate? George got, Lucas like, uh, Crazy Museum is, con- is, is decided he's going to have it in Chicago. I guess he lives here part-time. His wife is from Chicago. Yeah. Um, and they're going to put it on the south parking lot by McCormick Place. Where Which is where I tailgate for the Bear game. So, Uh-oh. and we were, you know, they already reduced that whole area for tailgating immensely. And so, Boba Rom has got some plan for us. So, I can't well, I, know I, what they said. They said it's going to bring in like 2.4 million no, billion in revenue a year to the city. Lucas sure got his whole idea of the Hoth system, the Hoth planet, the, the frozen planet, basically Ooh. from Chicago. Hmm. So and that was the best planet in the and best. He wasn't even. Was probably know, the best scene. I bet you he didn't spend any of that uh, last uh, winter in Hoff. I think he probably oh, was not here in Chicago. Yeah, last he wouldn't winter. have brought it here. <laughs> he would have had it somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start calling Chicago the the, the Hoff. You should. It's Chirac, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Well. Basically, we've got a bunch of these segments that we're going to cover here, and you know, it's all this groundbreaking stuff that uh, Pyro and, and we've gotten a couple new writers since the uh, last season. One of them is being Suits, has been with us for probably about five months now, and he's a smart fella out of University of Cal Berkeley, and he actually just graduated from American University and a lawyer, and going to be taking the bar this summer. And he's been a really sharp guy. He came up with uh, a concept that we'll cover in this piece, and then also we got a new guy, EC. Uh, Mr. Coleman out of Utah, uh, and you can uh, you can find him actually on Twitter at Utah EC. <laughs> uh, but he's a great guy, and he's uh, he's an engineer, so he's using all this like these great things that are much smarter than I can ever uh, claim to be. I'm I'm a creative, I'm a right brain person. This stuff just these numbers. I'm in sales. You just fake it until you make it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really awesome stuff, and people have been loving to see this kind of side of. Of pyro, where we've always done heady stuff and ahead of the curve type of things, um, but it's nice to have a couple, some nice young bloods, some strong, smart guys that are going to help us. You know, we're really focusing a lot of our energies for this upcoming season on bundling a lot of our pieces uh, that were secondary and standalone pieces last year on the site, kind of into our player rankings, where we're really going to just try and make the best player rankings with write-ups, with all sorts of detailed kind of icons and other statements. Uh, 
and strength of schedule and all this great kind of a minutia detail that we do on a week-to-week basis. And we're really going to lead with that. But it's great to have these other fellas that are going to be able to write these week-to-week pieces that aren't necessarily geared on matchups in, in the coming weekend. So it's awesome. You check it out, Valverde. My man, we'll mention his name on this podcast as usual, but he's been holding it down with these news feeds. Appreciate yeah, that, my brother. Well done. Uh, dog's been closing out uh, version two of the draft kit. I don't know when we're going to have it, but maybe he'll have a good time for us. But it's close. It's just a lot of work. and We're making it just all that much better because literally after we put this version up, we're not looking at it for a month. Version 3 will not be out until like the end of Ju- July. Well, once we get after we actually get training camps have started and actually have had some yeah. developments and things we'll become get a nice clear. one out at the end of July and then yeah. we can do one in about every 2 weeks until right. the season starts. Well, don't worry. As as we yeah. get close to to your drafts, uh, August is uh, it's it's we're on the clock. <laughs> well, well if, for those of you that have bought it, yeah, you, thank you for the feedback. You've been great. Uh, you know what you're up up against. You're going to just drop your jaws when you see version 2. Uh, and for those of you that haven't purchased it yet, please do so. It's 15 bucks. Essentially, you walk, you're going to walk out of your draft with the best team of anyone in your league. Do some preparation. Read through the whole thing. Do an awesome set of tiers for yourself, which you know, start now. Start working them and refining them until your draft day. And you're going to crush your opponents. No one's going to be as prepared as you. Not only does it give you all the information on all these players, give you all the rankings, we give you pros and cons for all these players that we're giving you. Uh, we, we give you our own draft strategies, how each of us approaches drafting. We give you a write-up on uh, on the busts, on the on the sleepers, on the breakouts, and there's going to be more, and those are going to be and handcuffs. These will get refined again. As, free as agency, closer, so. free agency pieces, rookie right. pieces. There's uh, there's basically just it's it's insane to be honest. We're putting so much in this, and we're putting a lot of it just for you know years past. We put a lot of it for free on the website leading up, and you know we 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 figure that that's hurt our sales over the past couple of years, and not trying to be you know money hungry or anything, but the truth is. We work really hard on this draft kit. We work for free. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only spot that we're able to get 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 you guys uh, to be fired up about uh, our product. So we have kept a lot more off of the website. Um, you know, basically. Free agent right up, rookie right. I wrote up on every single rookie. Uh, that's what I said. Yeah, I said that. It's insane. Yeah. The draft kit, it keeps you in shape. You know, yeah. 15 bucks, you sacrifice four Big Macs. You got yourself a draft kit. Exactly. You, know, you, did, you just got yourself in check. Think about also for the next version. We wanted to do a dynamic component. We kind of changed a little bit. We were working on these, these projections, and it just wasn't turning into the product that we really had expected for ourselves. So this next version is going to have a standard scoring approach, and we also are doing full-on rankings uh, for each position that are PPR as well. So I think the third version maybe will even go another layer and do a big bonus type of league uh, within that. But that dynamic uh, aspect that we had mentioned is going to be a little different than we thought, but we've got some great ideas on how we're going to be able to do a web-based interface and export uh, different files um, and PDFs for yourself for next year's kit. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, let's just talk about Stag's first new the news piece that uh, you know he he pulled out where it's it's like TD versus yardage dependency is basically um, what he's breaking down there and he's trying to find out when you're looking at scoring and ranking um, guys uh, how much do you want to uh, um, rely on on, on, on t- TDs uh, for your fantasy points versus yardage and this chart. 
is a, we just actually got it yesterday or two days ago, and now it's going to be a tab in the draft kit. Uh, it's just it's just really really telling stuff. You can just tell from the players and looking at this chart where which guys are really kind of well rounded and getting um, points from from both sides of the of the ball, and that's uh, you know not both sides of the ball but yardage and TDs, and then it just shows you other guys that are living on all their yardage fantasy points, other dudes that are just all about the TD, and uh, within that it also shows doesn't show like. Yeah, well, so he, he he breaks it down for for each position. So you got it for quarterback. So it's letting you see based on how he scored the season before. So let's let's use Peyton Manning in his record breaking year for an example. So uh, based on his fifty four hundred and seventy seven passing yards, he received two hundred and nineteen point one fantasy points for those yards. Uh, that rec- reflects of the total points that he scored four hundred and ten fifty three point four percent of those points. He also threw 55 touchdowns for 220 points, which is also 53.7%. Now you're saying, oh, wait a minute, you're over 100% here. But that's because he also threw 10 interceptions, which was negative 20 points, which was reflective of negative 4.9 points, and his negative 31 rushing yards, which gave it nearly another percent. So we're breaking down all those things, then rushing touchdowns, and you, you get to see where the breakdown is. So, you know, his season was ridiculous because it was just, Top top level and top shelf on both, every every account, sides. but then you're going to go to some other guys where you'll see you know look at a Cam Newton where where Cam Newton didn't throw nearly as many touchdowns right as as the guys who were around him yet he finished yeah. number three uh, he threw compared to number two Drew Brees at 39 uh, but they give you know, the other guy 32 with Philip Rivers and he scored more points than Philip Rivers but you can get to see. Twelve point one percent of his points came from rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Well, Cam Newton for his past TDs was thirty-two point two of his fantasy points were coming from the passing, and then from the uh, running where he had a lot of yards, nineteen percent of his points were coming from that. And then obviously the passing yards for Cam was the same. Where you know he had about forty-five of his his points were. We're, we're, we're based off his passing yards. What's so great about this when you look for quarterbacks, when we look at this, this is usually you think about, oh, touchdown dependency. It means something more for, uh, you know, for wide receivers, right? Like a guy we'll talk about with the, what happened in Green Bay where it went from Jordy Nelson to James Jones, who's becoming the big guy catching touchdowns. You know, you can't necessarily count on repeating 14, 15 touchdowns in a season. Totally. Yeah, what this tells you too for these, for these uh, running quarterbacks where the that point distribution is from. So again, go back. Know your league, right? Back to one of the oldest sayings that we have here. If you know that your league rewards for these rushing yards, and here's a guy, and here's the other guys. Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, uh, the three of them, all were 19.7 or 19.9% of their fantasy points from their rushing yards, not even from the touchdowns. So that lets you know, if you're getting almost 20% of your points from the rushing yards, these are good guys, and if you project them to potentially be running more, and your and, league rewards for it. And I think in the case of Kaepernick and Wilson, throwing more yards, too. Well, I know that you don't love Kaepernick as being a 4,000-yard guy. I think he's going to break that mark, but I, I agree that he hovers right there. He's not good. This guy, you know, Kaepernick's never going to be, like, throwing for 4,700 yards. He throws I just for 4,000 If he does yards, that, he's number one He's number guy. one if he throws he's for 4,000 yards. He's number one guy. I think the most telling guy, the, the one where the, this is really... Something that gives you a heads up on him and tells you like where he's directed is Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, it, it, from his passing TDs, 
only 32.3% of his fantasy points comes from passing TDs. That's crazy. That's crazy when you think that Cam Newton is 32.2, Kaepernick is 31.8. He's basically the exact same as those guys. And, I mean, you know what Andrew Luck can do. He obviously can run the ball as well. I mean, he's, he ran for four touchdowns. It's as many as Kaepernick. Uh, that's, you know, three more than Russell Wilson. So he's a running quarterback as well. But he projects to pass the ball a lot more. And he projects to be a lot better passer than those guys. And you look at those weapons around him that he has to throw to. Obviously, that, that sort of stuff is going to rise. His passing yards and his passing touchdowns are going to rise. You can see that happening. When only 32% are coming from that, you add on another you know, 5 to 10 touchdown passes. But no, figure, don't you figure he's going over 30 this year? I do. Absolutely. So, so, so figure, figure about 10. Yeah. Exactly. That's what. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Anywhere from like five to ten, at least more passing touchdowns. I figure the yards will probably go up as well. Uh, he only had 3,830. He, I think he's a 4,000 yard passer for sure as well. Yeah. Um, you add that onto that percentage, and I know that he still runs the ball. He's definitely going to still run the ball a bit. I don't think he's going to be a wild and crazy runner uh, like Cam Newton is, but he'll, you know, he'll still give you, you know, three, four, five touchdowns. His his points have the possibility of going way up, and a chart like this can show that to you specifically where the percentage of what comes from, and it's it's very fun to look at. Totally true, and you know, luck for me is, is a guy that's moved based on our conversations and hanging out and ranking guys on on Sunday. Uh, we got together on Sunday and did some projections and did some rankings uh, for the draft kit, our collective tiers, or our collective player rankings. And uh, long and short of it, uh, you know, what you guys have been saying about Locke and how the coach knew offense coordinator is going to change and mold it a little bit around their talents of young QB. I'm, I'm a little higher on him than I was, you know, a couple weeks ago in my first version of the tiers. So one of the things I also love about Stags' chart here, which I think is just, it, it's just genius, and it's, it, it just... Other than breaking down every player, he has a little bars that go across and say, you know, the top 10 average. And then he got the top uh, 10, 11 to 20 average. And it kind of shows you, kind of tears out almost where these players are at um, and the averages and the drop-offs. So this chart is like a new go-to for me. Basically, for me, one of the, the last thing I would do before my tiers when I was moving them up and, and pitting one player against another, my last thing I've been doing lately is going to Dogs 2014, strength the schedule, and be like, who's got the easier schedule? If they're head-to-head -head and it's close, and I think both these guys are going to end similar, who's got the tougher schedule? Move that guy down. That was my last line of defense on a tiers guy. And I think now that's almost going to be my second to last. Not any less important, obviously, but it's just going to be just because I have this newfound love mm -hmm. for this chart yep. and being able to really break down what kind of team. We're talking about quarterbacks, but I almost think it's more perfect for other positions. It's like, what kind of wide running back do I want? What, do I want a guy that's gonna, that needs to get a lot of volume passing on him? What's his situation? Who's his uh, uh, offense coordinator? What's the scheme they're going to be running? Who's the quarterback that's going to be throwing to him? Versus a guy that you know is just going to... You, you really want to craft your team, and as weird as it is, I like even going to that minutiae and having like a, you know a wide receiver. My wide receiver three, I want to be able to get like return yards or be kind of savvy or be like a, an X player and, and and be a wild card. Whereas I want my number one to be the, a horse, a top three guy. So you like you, you construct these teams uh, before the draft and in, in, in mock drafts and whatever. Um, and it's fun to kind of go down and, and, and change up these details. And this chart, wow, it helps you do it. Spectre man. Oh, Lord.
abandoning you. The strange illness that has afflicted the factory village is the work of Dr. Gorey. This is part of a larger plan by which he hopes to gain control of the planet Earth. Go to the stricken area. Find out all you can. Mankind's future is in jeopardy. Are you ready, Spectre Man? Ready. Oh, boy. You playing Hitler? Just working out. Can't you see? Chief? <laughs> Spectre Man! But I was going to say also, just to piggyback on what you are saying, I agree, it's definitely better for the other positions, but I'm amazed that this chart actually gave me any insight to quarterbacks because normally when you're thinking about this type of a... It, you wouldn't expect it to. I'm very impressed with how the breakdown works for breaking down by rushing yards, passing yards, rushing touchdown, passing touchdowns. It's it's phenomenal for that I mean, have well. you ever seen a, a piece ever in fantasy football? I can honestly say, and I've been doing this since 88, no that tells you the percentage of points you will be getting taken away from your overall based on fumbles or interceptions or, you know, plays of, of that nature. I've never seen it where you're like, you just said, when we were looking at Peyton Manning, he had 10 interceptions. That took away, you know, point X amount. I'm not opening the chart. Right, right. Well, I'm not. 4.9% was taken But go away. to an example of a guy who had a ton of interceptions. So right. Well, that there's, you know, somebody like a Carson Palmer. Carson it Palmer. It took away 20% away. I mean, that is un that is unbelievable. So how many interceptions did he have? Yeah, and 22, 22 interceptions. 20, and so twenty percent of his total fantasy points were removed based on a lot of interceptions. Well, how about, I mean, that's crazy. That chart. Have you ever seen something like that in not, fantasy? Not, not put together like this. Eli sure. Manning. Stags. You did it again, homie. Eli Manning. Negative thirty-one point seven percent of of his points from uh, interceptions. Thirty-one. Literally, almost a third of his points just because of the amount of interceptions. <laughs> he lost a third of his. And remember that. And to be honest, that's the reason why Cutler has never even been the top fifteen guy. And it's just that exact thing where he's like, whatever he does, even on a season when he's going to be good. And I think the same thing will happen this year. We have him higher than we ever have, and we like him a lot. Too much talent. But a guy like Cutler is going to have probably twenty interceptions and it just really bites you in the ass so you know like Jay-Z saying to Kanye West on the black album you did it again Kanye you did it again <laughs> we got like like a lot of our smart guys on the team Stags you did it again it's, well, it's, it's, it's friggin things, sweet what do you love about this chart well, I, 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 again I did I want to keep on exactly what you're talking about there you see somebody like a Stafford who has 19 interceptions and I mean it he put up a lot of fantasy points. So really, I mean, it only took away 13.8% of his points, but that's a lot of interceptions. When you look at the average of those top 10 guys, you know, it, it only takes away, on average, 8.5%. If you take away Stafford, it probably goes down to about 6-point-something percent, mm -hmm. to be honest. But I, from what everything I know, it looks like he's not going to throw that many interceptions this year. It's a totally different system, uh, a lot more precision. They, they're working a lot on his mechanics. You can project, you know, based on the percentages here, just looking at the percentages, how, you can almost project how many points he's going to get. Yeah. And it's, it's very helpful in seeing the traje trajectory yeah. of where a guy is going to end Great up Great fucking point. And it really the, is. The other thing is, too, it's, it's, a, it's an <laughs> eye-opener, right, for guys that have the potential to make the jump, like you say. You look at an Andrew Luck and you go, 23 touchdowns. How is he only throwing for 23 touchdowns? This is a guy who they're, you know, calling the next Peyton Manning when he's coming out. And he has that ability, but he, you know, he did, a lot of guys were injured last year. He didn't have the chemistry. You look at the weapons that are around him, you go, wow, okay, that makes a big difference. 
You know, let me give you another example on the, uh, from a wide receiver standpoint because the biggest one that's out there who is a PPR god, he finished 31st in points, Kendall Wright. All right? This dude had 94 catches last year for 1,079 yards, but he only had uh, two touchdowns. So he only scored 10% of his points from touchdowns. Um, 90 percent. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 90 percent of his uh, of his points were uh, from his receiving yards. So, and then if it was PPR, you got a, a, a huge portion from there. But what can you project up? Do you think this year that a guy who is going to have 94 catches and only two of them are going to go for touchdowns? So, or can you at least think that maybe he's going to score at least five, six, maybe because of, of the progression of him as a as a player as well? Yeah, and uh, well, I mean. Going along the exact same lines that you're talking about here, it, when it comes to running backs, you know, sometimes a system will change, or they'll bring in another guy to take away something from what you are doing specifically as a player. I, I'm going to mention a guy right now. I mean, sure, age is going to play a factor with this, but Frank Gore. Frank Gore ended up 13th in, in fantasy points last year, and he, and he did very well. And I know, you know age is catching up with them and everything, and they're going to try and rest him more. But 30, oh, oh, just over 30%, 30, almost 31%, 30.9% of his fantasy points came from touchdowns. Yeah. Now, everybody is projecting, and including us, is projecting his touchdowns to go down. They're probably going to use a bigger horse, a bigger guy, somebody like a Hyde. They want to save Gore a little bit over the year. Um, I, don't, I, I project uh, there to be more passing as well out of Kaepernick. Um, they have a very tough run schedule. Obviously, Gore isn't going to have as many touchdowns. More, a lot more of Kaepernick running yeah. in the in the in the fifteen. I can uh, see that. Yards away. I can see that as well. So Every time he does about, it, he scores. When you think about Gore getting thirty-one percent of his fantasy points from touchdowns, and you project those touchdowns to go down, that think about how far down he's going to go in the rankings. You know, think about how far he's going to actually end up down. On the year, you know, I mean, you you take away half of those, you take you you bring him down to fifteen percent, you know, of, of you know of, of what his fancy points are going to end up being. He's going to end up somewhere in the thirty, you know, late twenties, well, thirties. And you think about it too, just think about the production that he's had. He's been pretty goddamn remarkable. No, he's amazing. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it, it, oh, since listen to these yards from scrimmage since his second year in the league. Okay, two thousand one hundred eighty in his second year, fifteen hundred thirty eight. 1,409, uh, 1,526, 1,305, 1,345, 11games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games14games
And wow, 23.2% of his fantasy points were done. That's almost a quarter of his points were done on the ground. And we think, we all think, he's going to run more. So you look at that. He's a guy where you're projecting Robert Griffin on a running and a passing and a touchdown and a scheme and a whole thing. This guy is going to have a big year. Hold on a second. He scored zero rushing touchdowns last year. Oh, my God. That's not going to happen this year because, again, new system where it's, you know, the Gruden system is going to open things up. It's going to give him bigger lanes to run through because you're going to have more guys going out in the pattern. Only two players. Only two. There's a bigger hole for Valverde. There's only two quarterbacks that had a higher percentage of his fantasy points coming from rushing yards. Yeah. Michael Vick. Yeah. Terrell Pryor. That's and it. I, per, Pryor's never going to see the light of the field again. Agreed? Uh, or do you think, if, if is he number two in, in, in Seattle? When, when you're a quarterback and 40% of your uh, points come from... Running forty percent of your. <laughs> I wonder how many of those run. points came from that one. <laughs> that ninety-nine yard run that he had. Touchdown! Jesus, yeah. Well, anything else you guys want to cover? Any specific players on this thing? I think it's just a great chart, and it's going to be included in the draft kit as a piece. I kind of want to put it up on the website as a free piece, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to blow out the op-ed that we do on why you should buy the draft kit, and I'll give a little bit of a, a, a window and show you a little excerpt of maybe, this. Maybe you give him, you give him like, uh, you know, because you know what? Actually, on Facebook right now, Facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac.com, I actually gave a sliver last night. And uh, put it up there. So go check oh, it out. Say, otherwise, you, you can you, look at this piece and it's not in its total because it's actually four tabs for court: one for quarterback, one for running back, one for wide receiver, and one for tight end. And it's a lot ridiculous. of players. I mean, a lot like, of players. I'm talking about quarterbacks to forty, uh, running backs to uh, to seventy, uh, wide receivers to a hundred, and tight ends to forty. So I mean, you can give them a, a, a ten from each one or something like that. You can, we can we can tease you a little bit. This is amazing stuff, guys. This is this is groundbreaking, just ridiculous information. The funny thing about it is, one thing when we were going through our uh, uh, on Sunday, and it was funny. We kind of all agreed on this. I think uh, Houdini kind of brought it up and said it first. Like, I better fucking be awesome at fantasy football this season. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like I better be winning and beating all these people. We got all this unbelievable assets and armory of different informations and just I spend so much fucking time working on all this stuff. I better be awesome at fantasy football Check out the fantasy year. football which armory, is what? by the way. Yeah. Great site. Anyway, go on. <laughs> so I mean, two things. Number one, which is why I'm hiring a, a high school kid to manage my, uh, my pickups and drops uh, so that I, I do well in fantasy this year because I don't have... I'm always helping everybody else out. Well, uh, I think all of us this year when we draft will be like... We'll have we'll have a uh, I'll have a dogmatica and or and a Houdini on my shoulder or maybe it's the opposite. It's like good good two negatives. No dogmatica. Don't go the way of the dogmatica. Don't go the way of the Houdini. Because we're in, we influence each other so much that sometimes in draft days we're like, oh, I love this guy right here, but it's like we're what's, what, guys what's one of your rules, D-Rex? Be you. Draft you. So don't draft me. And it's hard to. It's hard to. When you're influenced by guys that are so good at this, like you and our writers, and we talk about this so much, it's very hard. It's almost a mind fuck to be us in this situation. The only thing I'm going to have on on in my head is a GoPro. I want to see the reactions of everybody else when I'm making those draft picks. I like it. That's it. You can have it. You do that so then you can, when you make the good one and everyone's like, oh, horrible pick, then you can play that back to everybody. But talking about like that, 
that, that uh, mm-hmm. the mindshare thing about knowing so much or whatever. I actually got a text message yesterday from Charlie Don't Surf. Uh, it was sent to me, to uh, another guy, Swanee, and another guy, Franchise, uh, who we all have played fans together, and we are probably like the most dominant, best players in a very complex league, in that 16-team league. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> Charlie Don't Surf's uh, message to us is, you know, this is stupid, guys. Why don't we get into a huge money league where if we all put our, 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 our thing together and join one team, we should dominate. And if we do it year over year, as long as the payout's at least two grand a person, we should be able to make some money doing this. So after about three texts back and forth, I'm in. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, you remember uh, Merlo when we were opening Dewey's last year. And yeah. He's like, he, he, and I'm sure the offer's still on the table, but he's like, and we never really took him up on it because we're busy and opening up the restaurant, opening, our, starting our webs, the season starting up. But he was always like, dude, I'll give you guys $1,000 up basically every week to put it, fan, uh, those in-game weekly fantasy football yeah. uh, tournaments. And uh, we did, I'll take him up on it this year. Um, but, you know, I will do a little mention, a little pyro promo. Um, and to be honest, just so you guys know, this episode, if it sounds like we're patting ourselves on the back, this is kind of just a, it's just a, it's just kind of a halfway through to 2014 season review and talking about a lot of new great stuff that we're proud of putting on the site. We're, we've got the draft kit that we're trying to promote as well. And there's a lot of just stuff that we're excited. We don't usually do this on podcasts. So if you're a, a new time listener or, or not really familiar, if you're not one of those who's listened to all previous 132 shows, many of you are out there. Uh, we love you for it. Yep. But the fact is, um, just just don't expect us to. I don't know. I, you here, I, because here's the thing: we always talk about you know the the te- to give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man a fish, feed him for a lifetime. But this is basically we're talking to you about all the things that we're putting into the offseason, newer ideas that we come up and we pull the curtain back. So they're benefiting you know, us too. And in I mean, te- these things are all in we're teaching fine, others. We're excited about it. I'll give you yeah. more. I'll give you more proverbs and stuff. In teaching others, we teach ourselves. Exactly. So part of when we're, you're listening to us go through these charts, we actually, Stag sent us these charts, uh, this chart, and none of us have actually been together and talked about them. This is the first time that we've actually, actually yeah, been together and yeah. talked about well, them. literally just sent it to us yesterday. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> well, I, I'll like, I got I mean, an idea, and then he sent it a day later, and we're all like, we like the idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one of the, the most beautiful things, and I'm getting a little sentimental. Oh, I like it. It's but good. one of the most beautiful things about what we got going on here is Check that we really music. do learn yeah. from each other. We, we, we teach each other things and we learn from each other because we listen to each other. Yeah. We all have something to say. We all do our Respect own research. And we all have different varying areas of expertise within this. No um, so, I mean, it, it is a great camaraderie. It's, it's a great mix and match with all of us. And we just, we enjoy bringing it to all of you guys. So, you know, I, th- I think one of the things Houdini was uh, about to get into here is, you know, some sayings, some quips. You know, well, so, know. the reason why we learn from each other also is because he who undertakes to be his own teacher has a fool for a pupil. I like it. <laughs> and you guys know, uh, Houdini's used that uh, teaching the fish line all the time, and it, it's just so true. And it's just so, since he said that, on, you know, three years ago on this podcast, I, I know it's been a mantra for us in many ways in what we're trying to relay in the, commu- in the, in the information we're trying to give you on this podcast, is take it from that viewpoint. You know, it's like, I'm learning, I'm singing the gospel, I'm giving new concepts, and it's kind of this triangulation of, of just great different experiences. I don't experiences know if I've taught a fish, but I've, I've eaten a few. <laughs> well, there's a saying, never try to teach a fish to swim. 
That's a good one. How did that saying make it past anybody? I don't know. Or there's a saying from a mother to a daughter. It's like, uh, cook a fish, feed a man for a night, teach a man to fish, get a weekend to yourself. Oh my god, I love it. Sorry, ladies. Sorry, ladies. No, that's to get the man out of the house. Get him out of here for a weekend. Weekend to yourself. It's a mother's don't, advice don't, to the daughter. I like it. Don't, don't show her. I was going hustle, hustler forums for a second. Yeah, don't, don't, don't show her for a week. Get 50% but, divorce. Right. <laughs> my whole point with that. Oh, 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 <laughs> that is definitely a way to get it. Right, I'm going I'm I'm to take us back, then I'll transition us into the next piece. Cool. So Ooh. The, whole, the whole point of the teacher uh, officially and, and how I view our website, that's always how I I viewed our website when I when you guys brought me on, and I had all my experiences. And I had and I had all these other sites that I had gone to for advice and whatever. And all you get is you get regurgitated information that's kind of the similar stuff that you're getting on on uh, Sports Center or, or whatever. And Broad it's, stroke it's, overview correct. writing. Nothing that like that tells me why have I really been. And I sat back and it's like well, why have I really been successful in my leagues? And you then you start thinking about it. It's because I look for these. And now we share all that information with you. So we're telling you all the different things that we come up with to make us better fantasy players. And we're not just, you know, what where where you guys are doing this with us. You're hoarding us. You're, you're not sharing us with your friends. <laughs> we understand our leagues listen to this show, so we have a, we have our league knowing what we like. So we are an open book, but that's <laughs> yeah. we believe that that is what makes us better than everybody else because. I'm not afraid about losing anybody listening to us because we continue to come up with newer and better ideas, which was kind of went into where I... Uh, w- w- go ahead. Well, hold on. One thing I wanted to mention up to that end is uh, Jeremy Battaglia um, had mentioned to us in an email. He said, you know, I love the way you guys really... Oh, and he put in quotes, pull the curtain back and show all the different other sites that you enjoy and what have and sites that you use and all that. And um, It's true. It's like no one else... Is ever is telling you about in the industry is ever saying yeah check out Pyro they're awesome because one everyone hates us as so they know they if they tell you to listen to us they lose you them as a, uh, yeah. as, as a they go they're not coming back yeah hey, but tags I'll, I'll get back to you uh, tomorrow uh, on the email you just sent me <laughs> tags the email I sent you uh, I talked to Don, um, Houdini about it a little bit he's gonna get back to you on it. <laughs> Hey, Val Verity, this is for you. Val Verity. Hey. That was nice. It was like a cork. It was like a champagne cork coming out. Good times. Popping the vulva. Anyway. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So let's let's go to the next. Let's so the next thing, like, yeah. I pulled back the curtain again this year. I Again, in, in, in learning and everything about fantasy, too, it's a willingness to adapt. And so part of my adaption is that I was staunch last year that it was all about running back, running back. And you know it worked for me in one of my leagues um, where I where I got it. You know I, I hit well with the running backs, but at the same time, there was a lot of other people who maybe went that route and weren't as successful. So I went back and I kind of went wrote a piece called "Running Back, Running Back Revisited," and reexamined it. Went back over the history over the last few years and saw this trend where wide receivers are basically catching up to the running backs, and in PPR have already caught up to the running backs, and in many cases surpassed them. So it's Understanding that, and, and this is especially in this day and age, you just think about like even with technology and everything, how much things have changed from five years ago, from ten years ago is even so dramatic. 
well, the, the technology NFL, has evolved. But the NFL was becoming that way because the NFL was the same NFL from 1980 to to about nine for about for 20 years, and since 2000. It's begone, uh, undergone this ridiculous evolution that within about every three years, you, there's a dramatic shift where something new has been added, a new wrinkle to the game. Yeah. And Vic, is, Vic says he was the guy, this week he said, he was the guy who revolutionized the game. And it's right around that era that he was drafted. So in, a, in, in, in many ways, he was the, um, the, the big explosion that really kind of turned the thought of an athletic quarterback on its head. But the truth is, in that way, Steve Young. Was definitely the changer of the game, and, and you know what? And Randall Cunningham, Rand- Randall and Randall Cunningham, and the word. Yeah. But you can go back farther. But, uh, no, the targeting didn't change the game because they, they they were like, oh, he's got same way it was. Targeting was amazing. Archie Manning was the same way. Targeting led the league in passing yards and rushing, rushing yards and touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it was. He was but he didn't innovate the game because it was hard to find a lot of guys like that where now there's a lot more talent. But I think I really think that right around that, that Randall uh, Cunningham and, uh, and, and Steve remember Young, too, were the, Cunningham were the didn't inter- get influencers the, uh, five, eight years before. They tried to change Randall, too. And he became unsuccessful yeah. because of it for sure. a while. Oh, uh, until he got with the Vikings. And that was the resurgence when they let him actually become a quarterback. Uh, the truth yeah. is, he just had Randy Moss and he had yeah. uh, Chris Carter. Chris Carter yeah. and he Jay had Creed. Jay Creed. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, good that team. That was disgusting. And that's just like, that was the best dude. They should have been in the damn Super Bowl. Shouldn't have been the Falcons. That guy could throw it over 90 yards in the air, by the way. That's ridiculous. That's Spectre Man. <laughs> It's originally a Japanese, Japanese show. That was from the Japanese part. Yeah, that that sounded a lot more like that sounded like maybe it was dubbed for that was Spanish. Spanish. If it was Spanish, it was a Japanese. I love it. Um, so basically, these segments are going to be all international. This is basically going to be like the United Nations of Spectraman. I thought that. I thought that was according to me in the morning. I have to go fucking do Dewey's lunches. Holy crap! <laughs> Spectraman. I'm glad you said Dewey's lunches. I thought it was me after having my cup of coffee. Oh God. <laughs> Regal, Regal, I feel energized. All right, keep telling us about your uh, running back, running back. Well, no, no. So, so again, just, it's just how, how you know, we've talked about this many times. So it's just, this is one of these other types of pieces where we pull it back, and then you get EC jumped into it. Well, before we go into EC, and I love that, we're definitely going to talk about that. I've got, I've got the piece picked up, uh, loaded up. But the one thing I want to say about your piece yeah. is it's perfect, and I want to hear, I want Dog to remind us of his approach. I think he was a little more fluid, but I think he was in my camp where I went into drafts last year, and one of my big, my first point in my new draft manifesto for 2014 is changing from last year. I was like, I'm going wide receiver, wide receiver. I'm firing it up. I'm gonna. I, I had later picks, but even if I had, you know, the fourth pick, I probably was gonna take Calvin Johnson, and, and Julio probably would have been there. I went high on Julio a bunch of times last year, you know, first or second pick in the in the in the second round. 
Um, but I was all in on that. I was like, all right, I'll construct a team. I want those horses. I can build an awesome uh, team around that. This year, I'm, I'm going in open mind. Construct a handful of different teams. Might be wide receiver, wide receiver. Might be running back, right. running back. Might be running back, wide receiver. Might be Jimmy Graham and, 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 and running back, receiver or running back. There's a lot right. of ways to go. It could be quarterback right. you know, in, in that second pick. So the beautiful thing is last year we argued about this mm-hmm. a lot on the show. It's like you were yeah. running back, you're running back. I was wide receiver, wide receiver. Yeah, and we had some time. battles. We're yeah. like, dude, we'll see, we'll see. And here's the funny thing. Is now both of us, well, the, 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 the advice here says it's better to do wide receiver, wide receiver. Highlight your boy. At the same time, so you change your game. That's what this whole piece, running back, running back, revisited about. But at the same time, I did that last year. Got Des Bryant in the first round. Didn't have the amazing year. You look at the numbers, they were good. He's still finished high, but didn't do end of the first round good that I was hoping for. And now I'm kind of leaning more towards a, a mobile, a, a, an agile kind of draft strategy, whereas last year I was all wide receiver, wide receiver, and you were all running back, and both of us are kind of meeting in the middle. Yeah, well, exactly, because I think that's the biggest takeaway for me was the more that you see the leveling out of the playing field amongst the positions is more to me than saying I'm not going into any draft with any preconceived notion. Because most of my drafts, too, I'm only in a few redraft leagues. A lot of my other ones are keeper leagues. And so it's it's being smarter and saying, okay, if you're going to be in an auction league, who are you going to really spend your money on that's worth spending the money on? And who are the guys that you can get potentially in the – $10 or less range that are going to be your Andre Ellingtons of the next year and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, open mind because wherever you're... We were talking about Andre Ellington five weeks. Five weeks before anyone else in the industry. And, and I, that's, that's one of the emails. That's probably the number one thing I get from people this year was... Thanks for the, your Ellington thanks call. for the Ellington call, and also uh, Keenan Allen was a big call for us. Zach Stacy were pretty early on too, but uh, at the same time, the year before was the you know there was many calls, but with the Kaepernick, you know, telling people to draft Kaepernick and being like, no one else even mentioned Kaepernick. I took a flyer on him, I picked him up early, like you guys said, boom. There's going to be three more players like that in 2014, I'd, I'd and we've already been talking about it. that, it was uh, Victor Cruz. We, we, yeah. we get those deep sleepers. We get those guys that we think are going to bust out. We, we Foreshadowing. Wait, wait. We also told you last year, even though he's hurt, don't be stupid. Draft Jordy Nelson. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and we did. In, in our experts league, we got him late, too. Dude, he was, was going in like the seventh and eighth round. Ridiculous. Yeah. That's just absolutely ridiculous. Just ridiculous. It was the same thing. Like it was the same thing with Victor Cruz. Victor Cruz did end up fizzling, but he did have a decent year again last year. It wasn't terrific, but it it wasn't like seventh or eighth round worthy. He was still a you know top four round type guy. He, he anyway, was a little overdrafted, I think. Um, one of the things that I hate this is to, to go the back to this ru- running back, running back, line. wide receiver, wide receiver thing. You guys were button heads and stuff. One of the things I've always hated in life in general is pigeonholing. I, I hate it. I hate being pigeonholed. I hate pigeonholing other people, and it, it's just, it's an unfair practice to uh, to spew onto somebody or to have it have it uh, run at you. It's the same thing in fantasy. I hate pigeonholing what I'm going to do. I cannot and will not say to myself, "I'm going to go wide receiver, wide receiver. I'm going to go running back, running back. I'm going to get Peyton Manning in the first round. I'm going to get Jimmy Graham, no matter what it takes. I'm never ever going to do that. You have to stay fluid." You have to think on your toes. You have to pay attention during a draft. If you're sitting there and, and, and 
parting it up with your friends and all that stuff, not paying attention to what's going on, you, something's going to fly by the, your pants and you say, well, I was going to go wide receiver anyway, that's what I had planned on doing. You end up grabbing the wrong guy. Something's going to fly by your pants. <laughs> 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 uh, that's what I say when I miss a chance on a chick. That, you know. <laughs> anyway, so what, what I'm saying here is it's best to be fluid in a situation. With this running back, running back uh, thing, it did well, all something change. something goes flying by your pants, it's always best to be very fluid. It, it's definitely <laughs> it's, it's, it's as fluid as possible, to be honest. <laughs> Do not hold no, back man, the fluid. It's never needed KY jelly uh, of uh, any uh, sort. Every fluid you can get, get it going on. <laughs> Jurgens, whether it be whatever it may be. Definitely Jurgens. Definitely, Jurgens. definitely the get Jurgens. the Jurgens going on. Just don't tell mom. I did get a guy on... on, uh, on, on I guess the email he said, thanks for ruining Jurgen's Jer- like, lotion. Like, lotion. I, will I never use it again. Never can even look at the stuff again. Thanks. I the avoid player, the island. I, associate. I won't even go anywhere now. Yeah, I get it. I want to get back to the running back, running back thing real quick. One of the things and one of the reasons why that people completely overlook and don't, I don't know why they, they do and why they don't understand this, but it's, I'm telling you, it's going to become a prominent thing within the next 10 years. When it started switching in about 2000, 98, 2000, 2001, right in that zone, is when there was an explosion of... Balthers! There was an explosion of defensive players' weights and heights and athletic abilities. I'm telling you, yeah. people, the players in the NFL today have grown so much yeah. and are still as athletic, if not more athletic, with more weight and more height to them than there ever has been. Running backs get injured so quickly nowadays. They have become one of the least paid players right. in, 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 in all sports. Today. In all sports. They have their longevity in the, in the league right now is down to nil almost. It's like 3.1 years at average. Which, for, means, uh, which means... Which means you've got a very small window. You better take your running backs or, that are young. What it means also for the future is that the guys who are the most talented are not going to be running backs. So the idea yeah, exactly. of, of targeting They're running backs early is cornerbacks, linebackers, cornerbacks, right? Whatever, whatever, something else, yeah. But, so, it, but here's my other point. I want I want to jump into back to why you know if you're pigeonhole, right? When you when you it's it, the problem is too. You already mentioned it. You go. I took Des Bryant, whatever. So I'm kind of now. I want to go back because you got burned doing the other thing. Why was I so staunch on going running back, running back? Because I didn't do it the year before. I went Matthew Stafford in the first round. Didn't work for me either. It's like when you have a strategy that doesn't work, then all of a sudden you just come back and next year go. Grass I'm not doing yeah. that again. Yeah. And and what and what you're saying is true. And this is what we always say: take the emotion out of it. Okay. Exactly. Don't get yourself caught up in what happened last year, which is the same reason why career year beware is always a great piece that comes out because it's Literally. telling you take the emotion out of it. But you I've been may have owned, you may have owned this guy, guy for about three, maybe four years now. Okay, but so, so I, I I've been doing it because that's just my thing. I love wide receivers. You've always been a wide receiver. I've been, I'm a wide receiver because I, if I get the two best, I'm going to get a good third one, and I just will stock up on the other shit. And but here's the other reality of the changing NFL, right? You I like those players. Two thousand. Like, like you go back to guys. even two thousand five. And you go back to 2010, the number of running backs who are scoring over a threshold of fantasy points that's relevant has grown. So as that continues to grow, that also leads credence to the, I can go wide receiver in the first round because there will be running backs available in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round for me to draft and still be able to play. It's awesome. To go back to what you were saying about that turn of the new age of the NFL, I agree with you. And... uh, 
Also, the one thing I think while you're saying the guys are bigger and stronger and faster than them, the thing I think they really did around then more than anything was they, they went for the athlete over the monster. You know, you look at like, even in like 89, you know, and Barry's coming out and all those guys, and there's Tony Mandrich, who's literally like Andre the Giant. Yeah. Uh, so he did well at your old school MSU. Yeah. But, and he's just a beast. But I think when there's, the, you know, I'm buddies with uh, Eric Steinbach, who's a fucking beast. This guy is huge. Yep. Uh, but he's athletic and he's, he's light on his feet. But the olden days was just like these monsters that were like these pawns. In front of these other athletic kind of guys that weren't nearly as athletic as they are now. I think there was a point in during that movement to the crossover where they're like, I'll take three inches less. I'll take uh, you know, 60 pounds less for my offensive lineman. I, mean, I want to move this guy. I'm gonna put him on. A, I'm gonna put him on a block. I'm gonna keep him moving. We're gonna do a lot of just uh, pulling blocking schemes for running backs. I think in the way that every position, other position, got huger. I think that those line guys became more athletic well, too. And they they lost some wasn't size. Wasn't Denver always the, the uh, they had the smallest offensive line in the NFL? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to say like their offensive line like average 270. like 270. 270. Yeah. There, there were guys on the line that weighed 265 that were guards. You're like, mm-hmm. what? Guys on the other <laughs> end of them were literally like Will Fork, monsters, monster type guys. But it didn't matter because there were there was so much movement that it wasn't about me going to you like this. Right. It was about me going over here and this guy smashing you from the other side. Well, or guys, that, okay, other guys that changed it on the defensive side, right? A defensive end used to have to be a Reggie White, a guy that, or Deacon Jones. You either had to have a head slap or you had to have the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the super uh, spin, push with the arm move, or something. Power, well, no, no. Then you got a guy who was like basically, remember, the freak. Javon Kurz came in, and here's yeah. a guy who's only about 265, 270 pounds, but he is beating 330-pound offensive tackles routinely. Yeah, yeah, he was doing the cross. Sure. He was doing the crossover. Am I going around you, or am I going out? Boom! Athlete, athlete. Right he up. could he could the calm swimming, and die. Yeah. You, you know. Well, the, the, another thing is that you know, there's so many met- people can gain and lose weight so easily today. It's unbelievable the type of workouts, the type of eating programs and stuff like that. They're telling, you know, six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound, you know, uh, receivers nowadays, you get you go ahead and gain about 25, 30 pounds, which we can put on you just like that, and you'll become the best move tight end in the league. You know, and that's what they're doing. Or they're telling guys who are super athletic, it wouldn't shock me if Ebron ended up losing. 10, 15 pounds, and, be, and maybe even becoming a, a wide receiver. We'll He's see, that athletic. We'll see, we'll see it here with Shea McClellan if he can make the transformation. Now that he's dropped 25 pounds exactly. to become a linebacker. a linebacker. You know, I mean, you can lose and gain weight so easily now with eating regimens and, and the stuff that they put in you know, food and all that. Not, not necessarily Just approved routines, by the FDA. Routines, on all, but, na- uh, routines yeah. all nature. You know, so. I agree. Well, let's do the one thing before we close out on, on the running back, running back revisited, and that's EC. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a piece a little bit later that EC uh, conceived and has been working with us. This is a guy that on the podcast, I think it was the one right before you came back, Doug. So I think it was three podcasts ago. We actually got a lot of responses on this um, and actually potentially have two or three new writers as a result of it. One for sure in EC. And and basically we said that like, hey, if you ever have great if you ever have great friggin' ideas and or you want us to write about something or you want to contribute and write something and you have an awesome concept, send it in, we'll post it up. So 
EC did that like, was, oh, with a caveat as long as it was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, as long as it was good. EC sends us this thing like, well, I just wanted to dive deeper into Houdini's concept of you know uh, doing back, the running back, back, running back. I was thinking about why, what based on where you're going to draft, why not break this out into all the you know different positions, wide receivers, and all this good stuff. And man, the piece is available. It's called extending the play um, draft. Draft strategy, uh, draft position strategy analysis, and it's basically part two. It's the sequel, or it's a, it's a different rendition of Houdini's running back, running back. And we're diving deeper, getting into other positions. Lots of charts. Uh, do, you know, in, in this piece, he's basically doing showing you draft formats uh, for twelve man leagues and, 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 yeah, basically, and so- six six different. Go. You're so, better at so, so, stuff than me. How the formats are. It's like, okay, in a 12-man league, what were the results if I drafted running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver through the first four rounds? And it gives you a breakdown of what the uh, uh, you know the, fan, the total fantasy points of the first four picks would be if you had gone on that route based on how they had finished out or whatever. Well, what if I went wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, running back? Then... Ding 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 ding, goes, ding 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 ding. That was the best one, right? And it's like it's like all and he, and he color charts it too, so you can just the numbers. It's it's staggering when you see what the effect is. But he gives you seven. Actually, that's six, the best one for the twelve. Right. For the but there's 12 four spot. other strategies. Well, what if I went running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver? What if I went wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, running back? And it shows you the point. Running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, running back, running back, wide receiver. It's it's and it shows it shows you based on the actual scoring of the players that would have been picked in those spots. How many fantasy points you would have gotten in that spot yeah. with this scheme, which is friggin' awesome. And then he also does it with PPR as well. And you know, th- th- this is something, awesome. yeah, that, you know, we that I, I was bringing up last week. Last week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's something I was bringing up last week, and I think it was because we were talking about this piece actually and discussing it or, or something like that, or something. Uh, just, I don't know exactly what we we're discussing, but it all, we are almost all comes together. It all does. Come when you do a, when you do a podcast course. a week, you know, you, you talk about and everything. we meet and talk. Yeah, we true. we saw each other on Sunday, which is three days ago. We didn't do a podcast. We were just talking for eight hours about fantasy football rankings. Yeah, all these conversations. Like, yeah, remember that podcast three ago? You're like, one time we're like, dude, that was in 2010. In the year <laughs> 2000. Like, no, dude, we were just talking. No, I'm telling you, we haven't talked about it that was, since like it was literally four, four three, years, three or four in years. The ago. year <laughs> 2000. Okay, and we're gonna all be at the same old person's home, and we're gonna be sitting there like looking over a man-made lake. I It's like, God damn it! I love that season with Herman Moore and those catches. That guy killed it for me. And you're like, you didn't even have him. I had him, you cocksucker. You <laughs> traded him to me for peanuts. Trickin' <laughs> a peanut, pass the peanuts. <laughs> Make sure you take out your teeth. You're at, these things stick in your uh, in your what's that dent? Polydent. Polydent. <laughs> oh god. Gotta get the epident to clean it. I hope I have a, a wife and some kids before any of this stuff happens. Yeah. And or they're, or they're, just a bunch of wives. Well, so I think what talk I talk to EC and move to Utah. I like it. I, like I think what I, what I, what what the hell was I talking about there? Oh, um, polygamy? No, and we are coming up with, and this is something along the lines of coming up with an actual strategy on how to actually win. It, it, it's almost like Michael Jordan found he figured out how to win in basketball. He got it got to the point where he knew exactly what to do to Valverde, and it, it was just as simple as that. You know, but it, we're coming up with these sorts of concepts 
that when blended together, I think once we get a hang of all of them blended together, might actually come up with an actual draft strategy that will, I don't want to ever airtight. say guarantee yeah. a win, but we'll make it as airtight as humanly possible. There's always going to be things that you can't account for, okay? There's sure. going to be freak injuries and things like that, and you exactly. just can't, you can't get down on that. You know what? It affects everyone. But you can also know, because we know there are certain guys, and check out, you know, when you get in our draft kit, you check out my bust piece, uh, which actually, by the way, I submitted that piece uh, to. I'm part of the uh, of a, of a uh, college football writers association of America. Nice. Uh, they're having a best writing contest, and I actually submitted that piece in for a. Uh, they had four categories, and for what we do, we only fit into one of their categories. But uh, <laughs> when will you know? Uh, it, they uh, entries had to be have to be in by July 15th, so I uh, have submitted it now. So we'll find out. Will your girlfriend mind if you do win? I take you to the strip clubs. We can go to the Pink Monkey. It's all good. Nice. Uh, nice. Okay. Uh, you ever so you been to the, the Pink Monkey? You ever been to the Pink Monkey? I haven't been to the Pink Monkey. You buy your own booze. You bring it with you. No shit. Remember yeah. what I told you to do? You didn't do it. We did it on my 40th birthday No, but you, remember what I told you to do? Which we, the last, I haven't been there in two years, but when we went there, we bought a Magnum. Yeah, no, of, we didn't need oh. to. We, we bought a Magnum of... Uh, yeah, I was with the kickball team. Yeah, yeah. No, we didn't do there. That's right. No, we, no. But we bought a magnum of Grey Goose, so we have literally a steroidal, enormous, hundred ninety dollar bottle of Grey Goose on our table. I couldn't. Holy make it. crap! Is that like a beacon? For strippers. Well, no, we were the fine. The thing was just like this magnifying. It was just a <laughs> magnet for him. Well, you also didn't tell him that you you also brought your little mini spotlights that were going around the bottle. Like, fine. It was like like, like a it's night, true. Like, a, like a nightclub party. I, yeah. I paid a guy on the street to be my bodyguard for the night. Just this big dude. We, like, we, we got, got we, a bodyguard. Let's we were go downtown. Over there. Like, yeah. you know, this, dude, hey, this is gonna get you about fifty bucks. So How about this, don't dude? Fight. <laughs> we were downtown. We got picked up downtown Chicago by the Pink Monkey van. Oh, nice. Oh, okay, nice. So, nice. All right. Nah. I remember Were there broads in the thing yeah. when you get there? No, no. But they, they take us to the place to buy all the liquor. We've been to the Oak Club where they send, no, that would be they nice. send the Oak Club. That was in, in the Vegas. The Oak Club here. sends them to you. Cheetos did that for us in, in Vegas. The Oak Club sends them to you. There's <laughs> already a couple girls, in, in three Vegas. girls in the limo in truck the limo. when you get picked up. Mm. Holla for a dollar. I, I, remember, I do remember you and going some in. more for $5. I was gonna go. I think I was busting up before you the, get there. The, the, the fluid that went by my pants. I ended up in Walgreens <laughs> and buying Jergens. <laughs> anyway, um, back, back to what I was saying here. Um, yeah, I'm coming up with a concept that, that's gonna win. I'm I was sorry. talking with Stags um, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, about this recent piece here by EC, and uh, the words came out of his mouth, genius. So I mean, and I agree. Uh, the, some of this stuff is extremely heady. Right at the, uh, the you know the the breaking edge there that you're just not not seeing this type of stuff anywhere else. It's, so I, it's, not, it's, it's not out there. I've never seen it's it. Saber metrics for football. Yeah, I mean, because think about it. Why you know, and there there is quietly. I mean, I think we're uncovering all these things on, on our own here. But these are the saber metrics of football. Mm-hmm. So now you need to start following these saber metrics and figuring out okay. And, and and part of that is we gotta put to, together a fucking book. Well, and part of it though, ridiculous. and part of it though, is we're having to go back over the years now and retracing to figure out what the is the trend. Not not in figuring out reverse reverse engineering what the trend is to figure out where it's going. You know, because that's where we're at right now. That's why everything that everything that I've done this off season has been 
Well, let me think about how this has changed in, in football. Well, how can I demonstrate how it's changed? I got to go back and look at the history of football. And I think also, and that's a great point, but I also think that one of the things that, that, that Eric conveyed to us, he conveyed it to, to me for certain, and he reached out to you early as well, Houdini, I think first. Uh, he well, we told him to email me. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we gave your email. So, but, he, but, but the truth is, he goes, "You want to open that can of worms?" I said, "I just let it roll." Let it roll. <laughs> but it, the one thing that was great is the fact that you know him, along with some other guys, are, are inspired by us and our our drive to achieve something greater, or different, or really kind of prominent and new and pioneering. That when people know and listen to all of our shows and read our pieces on Pyromaniac.com, they know it's like we really care, we're really passionate about this. We know we're talking about but even more than that it's like you won't see on our site anymore and it's a bummer for people that want to submit writing to me i i don't just want to talk about seven guys and do a stock market piece everyone wants to send you a stock market oh let me evaluate let me do rankings like there's nothing on our site that's frivolous anymore it's original. except for maybe oh it, it's always gonna be original yeah. the most frivolous thing on our site right now might be the bitch slap but it's awesome because it's original and it's whoa, funny whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's, no you want to you start something right now? I'm going to go off on you. I like I'll tell you it. Because like here's the thing. We're I, am I up. wearing the golden sombrero right now? You, you will be if you keep that up because you're not going to take away the bitch slap. Because here's We're not the, taking it away. I no, love no, 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 it. No, no, here's the thing. It's frivolous. It's not frivolous. It's necessary. It's cathartic. Okay? I agree with you. I agree it with is you. something that when you are frustrated from a guy that has just completely, you as, are as right. Dog likes to say, shit the bed. Yeah. You You're gotta right. give him. You gotta rear back. No. You gotta, depending on what kind of a guy he is, whether I'm coming in sideways with a twist or I'm coming in from a reach around, most, he's getting a bitch slap. I agree. It's the most different kind <laughs> of piece that we're doing right now, and I agree with you. Everything I said, I apologize. It's ridiculous, but you know what I'm saying. We have all sorts of concepts and amazing approaches that are gonna help. I also meant that it was cathartic for me to write it. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I knew that was going. And, no, and it's amazing. I love that piece. It cracks my shit up. The one thing I'll also say, and I'm gonna let like, Dog's got something on his mind. Dog's got something on his mind for sure. And let's just talk about your piece, which is another one that you uh, laid on us probably what about eight days ago. You said, "All right, guys, I just came up with a doozy. I've been working on this for the last day and a half for the draft kit." Yeah, like well, first of all. This is this is one of Dog's main fortes, but again, like what EC did with my piece, diving deeper. Dog went in and did his piece because there's another saying that says, "He who does not research has nothing to teach." So, you who did the research, why don't you go ahead and give us a little teaching? Well, shit. Now, you know, last year, you know, I, we, we come up with our own strength of schedule. You know, I do. I have never liked to depend on. Uh, you know, whether it be I, you know, so we we mention that we mention their names all the time. I never like to depend on ESPN or CBS or Yahoo or any of those big companies throwing out their strength to schedule stuff because it's so very basic. Okay, let me let me jump in on that because what all of them do, even NFL Network and all of them as well, the strength of schedule is determined by what the record was of your opponent the year before. Yep. And everybody, uh, everyone, so every team's strength of schedule is exactly the same in their division because they're going to play their own division, each team, twice. They're going to uh, play, that division plays another division in each conference. So those games are determined. There are two other games outside of it that are wild card games that are matched up based on where you finished in your division. And that is the only thing on those sites that determine 
the difference in strength of schedule. Yeah. Because basically, like, when, when the Bears uh, and uh, every team in the NFC North, after the Lions finished 0-16, the Bears, Packers, and Vikings all had the easiest strength of schedule because they weighted also by total wins and total losses based yeah. on the year before. Well... How often do teams go 0-16? Yeah. You think, and you're going to base this year on that? So, that's my rant. It is. And it's always been ridiculous. And I, I remember just looking at it over years past. And it's, 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 it's just, there's nothing. You, you can't base anything upon that information. Because, as you said, it never happens. Nobody goes 0-16. So, of course, the team that's going to play them the next year... They're going to have a lot easier. No, what possible. happened last year always happens the next year. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, no pair. I mean, this league. Those strength of schedules are just ridiculous. So I came up with, you know, our own formula here, which I've had no problem uh, putting out there in the past and in previous pieces and stuff. But after you know coming up with our own strength of schedule and putting that out in the last draft kit, and you know, accordingly putting out the the playoff strength of schedule weeks fourteen through sixteen, had some clamoring for some other types of strength of schedules. Hey, why don't you give you know people who play the seventeenth week as as their Super Bowl? Give a you know a, a full don't playoff strength of schedule. Fourteenth. Yeah, don't do that. And yeah, and I would suggest don't do that. But well, I came up with it anyway. Might as well have the information. Yeah, it's, 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 in, it's in the draft kit this year, weeks fourteen through seventeen. If you happen to play the playoffs those weekend, those weeks, uh, I had some clamoring for first half and second half. That makes it easy to uh, figure out when to trade a guy sometimes. Or when to go get a guy. When to trade. expect a guy to come into his own exactly. when you draft him. Exactly. You can draft, you can draft the, the guy because you've got a great schedule in the second half. Like, you know what? I'm going to stow this guy away and ride on this guy, but then this guy's going to be lighting or it up. Opposite. Or the opposite, where you see a guy that drafts a guy and you know that his first half of the schedule is brutal, and you're going to you, wait, and that guy's going to be frustrated with his performance, and then you're going to cherry pick him in a trade because you know that second half of the season is gold. Huge. Or an injury from a guy the previous year that's going to be kind of slowly brought into the mix in the next year but maybe that's when the games are hard and the, co- they, the coaching staff and the teams know this as well on their intel on the inside so it's like wow he's just doing nothing 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 but you just stole him or you trade for him and he's going to come back in and start playing and getting the carries getting the catches getting the targets and he's playing easy fucking opponents boom to the moon huge. or if you're a, just a big trader and your league likes big trades you look at all first half guys Get all the boomers. You're going to have an awesome team. Trade them them all away. (laughs) (laughs) It can make things fun. But another thing that everybody was clamoring for that was very tough to come up with. It it was very time consuming, but I did. Week by week. Every single week of the year, we have a strength of schedule for every single week for every single position. You so if you have Steven Jackson and you're not, you you, you know, he's got a very tough schedule this year. But there's going to be a couple of weeks couple that he's got some weeks. real easy fucking games. Those are the weeks you run them. It's it's you know it, it's very telling each week. It's it's a lot of fun just looking at it. It's as groundbreaking as we since you invented and since we started doing strength the schedule and you and uh, Sp- Mike Spikey T yeah. uh, worked together on those things for I think maybe the first year or two. Uh, but you guys came up with just an awesome formula and you've been always altering. It's the beautiful thing is yeah. it's like. The formula, it's like the Google, it's like the Google PageRank formula. This thing wasn't created in, uh, you know, 19 or 2006, and we're running on the same. It like changes year to year, and you you add in new wrinkles, and that that's awesome. But I think the the, the really important thing to think about with the just that minutia and that detail. Remember last year when Stags introduced the weekly pyro power rankings. 
and you can look on a weekly basis and be like, wow, look at this, you know, yeah. look at the, look at the, look at that, look at who they're up against here and there. You've taken that wrinkle that excited us so much there for good reason and put it and wrapped it into your strength of schedule, yeah. which just makes it all the more infinitely powerful. It it's it, it, it's now the new that on a week to week basis. Just so you know, the way I said your strength and schedules become number two on my tiers because we've got this new thing by Stags. To be honest, on a week to week basis, when Pyro Power Rankings last year were like my deciding factor between paying player A and player B at a position. Now, for sure, this strength and schedule week to week is the thing I'm going to look at first. Like, what's Oh, okay. This is a perfect week for him. The master plan goes forward. You have your orders, Jerome. Go! Jerome, I order you to start constructing our secret invasion base. Go now. So... The other thing that I want to jump in on this is that with the strength of schedule you're talking about, what, what I think is so important for people to understand. Stairway to Spectrum, man. That was, was that was that Led Zeppelin. The, I mean, the, the intro the song was the Who. I know. That was fully Led Zeppelin, like Stairway to Heaven. The best. And then they got is, these voiceovers that are no, so dramatic, coming out of a monkey. No, no, no. That's, that's not even a guy in a gorilla No, no. Suit. This is a lizard man. This oh, that is, was this lizard. Is a lizard man. This is a, it's like Sergey Gainsbourg uh, as the lizard in our, man. In our, in our <laughs> video stuff, we, you know, I'll have to send oh, you yeah. like uh, a good couple sections of Spectre Man to put maybe up on our video. Uh, Fair enough. Blog. I love the way the Houdini. You're a true professional. After after that one says like so, um, like totally straight face, deadpan. Like you totally wanted to laugh and be. You knew how ridiculous what you just had done. But let's get back into fantasy football <laughs> after that little segment. Let's do this. Come on, come no. on. Would you guys quit messing around? <laughs> There might be some weird things happening around us. We gotta stay focused. But what's great about the strength of schedule week by week, though, is what I was gonna make this point is that you know it's projected right now, right? Things change once the season starts, which is why when uh, Dog does his weekly rankings, is what is so important, which is what makes us different, which is what makes us unique, is that even though there's a guy who may be a Calvin Johnson or a Des Bryant, there can be a week where he is rated as the 10th, 11th, 12th, 14th, 16th, 20th best receiver because the matchup says no. Yeah. And there are times where that happens. So it's not just looking at all the individual matchups. It's, it's dog takes into account his all his strength of schedule formulas as well as the matchups, as well as injuries, as well as where they're playing, what the weather's going to be. I mean, every factor that you can imagine, which is why... You know, when people throw blanket coverage on people and say, it's also amazing too. When we, we looked at the strength of schedule, we talked about in the previous podcast. I think it was um, was it was it the Jets that were like one of the best receiving uh, uh, schedules was, early yeah. on, but in, in the actual fantasy playoffs, it's it's horrible. It's horrible. They're like number twenty yeah. or something like that. So those are the ones that are like keys to be aware of. But also, when you're with us on a week by week basis. Dog is consistently yeah, con- 20, 22nd. 22nd. Oh, I I go con- <laughs> <laughs> consistently 
he is on top of those adapters and those changes. So on yep. a week-to-week basis, during the re- earlier part, yep. you, you don't you don't hold any emotion to a guy's name. It's all about what his matchup is and what the strength is of yeah. his matchup. And, and and you have to be. Well, I mean that's again the same thing. With it's, you're not bi- you're unbiased. Completely unbiased. You have to. Yeah, I mean, you have to be emotionless with this. You have to have the shortest memory you could possibly have to win in this sort of thing. You start hanging on to, to, to certain guys and grabbing on to guys and, 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 and sticking behind them, you're going to lose. I'm telling you, you can love a guy and love watching a guy. you got to separate love of football and love of fantasy football. It's two very different things. You can love football all you want and love a player and watch him and everything, but you can't be addicted to him so much that you have to have him on your fantasy team. You're going to end up losing. I'll yeah. tell you that. I'll tell you that right now. You've got to take the emotion out of it. We got got to take the Val Verde out of it. Yep. We've seen Houdini get really emotional, grab onto the backside of him, <laughs> and stick around for too long. And it hasn't worked out for him, and we didn't want him to do it in front of us. We were just like, dude, save that, save that. For Let that fluid fly. Save by that, your hands, save please. that at home. But uh, <laughs> he's Louise. Uh, but the truth is, you know, I, I think. I don't know. When I think of the week to week and what you're doing on these uh, and then strength of schedule, it's it's I I think the one of the way, main ways that it could be beneficial is for trading. And this is a weird situation where yeah. one of the be- the last the le- the last time I think I won no, it was two times ago that I won in our main league. What did I, I know, miss? What did I miss? Yeah, what did I miss? Yeah, you missed nothing. I heard I missed something. I heard I for a second. I heard I heard my name mentioned. You, you didn't missed miss nothing. Uh, but the last time I won, I actually traded. Val's birthday. We traded. Mm-hmm. We I traded right before his bye week. I traded uh, Calvin Johnson for Aaron Rodgers, and he was in a bye week. And the guy I traded him. To give Calvin Johnson, you know, I just knew I needed a quarterback, but I looked at that bye week and I was looking, which would be the similar situation in your in your power uh, strength schedule things, looking at almost bye weeks where it's like he's going to have a field day. But in this situation, it was a bye week, and the guy wanted to get those extra points for Calvin's like I need to get, I need something to happen to get in the playoffs. Yeah, we traded straight up and that that game, I think Calvin Johnson had like 180 yards and three TDs. <laughs> and the guy I traded was Aaron Rodgers and was on by. <sighs> Fuck's sake. Well, I kind of knew it was going to happen when I traded. I was like, this was a good strength of schedule game. But that's the reason why the Rain Man, the ex-Rain Man, Waxman wanted him. And it was that perfect thing. He knew that Calvin was about to explode. And I knew he, I, knew I wanted that player. And it kind of worked where this strength of schedule allows you to pick those kind of mm-hmm. moments where you want to pounce on a player and give someone else up. Let me, give so you, let me give you an example. Literally, he's going to have a huge game. You should take him. Can I, I'll, give you, I'll, give you, I'll give you my most epic fail of all time. And I don't even remember who I got in return in this trade, but whatever it was, it was it was a fleecing. Uh, it was the year that Barry Sanders rushed for two thousand yards. Mm-hmm. If you, you remember, started out real slow, right? And I drafted Bad him three or four weeks. Three weeks, Ooh. I traded him after week three. Oh, God. oh. what happened to me last year? Oh. I traded. I, traded I, I got a lot for him, but it's like. In our pirate uh, league, he went for like 17, 17 1800 yards after I traded. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, I, Josh Gordon, and they were all hundred yard games. I know every, every single, single one, one of them. them. <laughs> Josh Gordon in week after week one, I, dro- I dropped. 
for like that's a, right you for did. like an Isaiah Peed. Oh yeah, that's you a bad did. Move. That's a bad move. Yeah, Houdini <laughs> was the first <laughs> off of the Isaiah Peed, Isaiah Peed bandwagon. By the way, thank you very much. Is he in the league anymore? Oh. Yeah, he's a great special teamer for the Rams right now. <laughs> it's true. They're he's got good. a Peed necklace. Oh God, I, I've been burned by these I, Cincinnati guys before. A, like a I've been burned by these Cincinnati guys shower? before. Yeah, well, a, a peed necklace, a something like that. Shower, a golden necklace. Yeah, mm-hmm. Go, no, it's golden taint. Yeah, well, he's got that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Week to week, anything else you got to say? Dogmatica, props to you. Love the minutia. And again, keep diving deeper. Go back to all the concepts and constructs and amazing information you've given our our, our listeners and our readers over the course of the six years doing this. Man, it's awesome. I mean, think about that. We've been doing this forever. Go back and think about your epic moments and think about how you could dive deeper into them. Because if we do, or we'll just have EC do it. But I love the fact that if we all just dive deep, deeper and deeper and deeper, it's just going to be. No, it's not fighting words. You know, it's just like, hey, keep doing you, but we'll have him be. He wants to be the dig dig deeper guy. I know. He does. I got fighting words for you. That sounds like me on the toilet. <laughs> oh my god! You got a you got electroid oh, like man. asteroid. Sometimes ass. I got it. Sometimes, yeah. I like I, it. I got to make sure that I hit the fuse box before I go to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to. I want to start up the whole neighborhood. I'll light it up. Oh, good lord! I don't know how where to take that one. I don't, I'm not good. Oh, okay, take it so uh, dog, anything you got to say about that piece that you want to go deeper into, or we go to the next one? Anything? You no, do- I mean it's just don't trust the strength of schedules that you see out there. It, I know other sites that will give strength to schedules that will even go. Uh, they'll do first half, second half. They'll, they'll sometimes give you even quarter, you know, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. But they're not based on anything but the same old crap of the, the previous year's records and stuff like that. I use fantasy points from last year's. I use TDs given up from last year's. I use the, the amount of yardage given up from, the pre, you know, the last year's. Free well. agents. Player yeah, movement I, I, to, from them to other teams. Yeah, it's it's a very complex formula that takes everything Coaching into staffs. It's changing of guard. And, of, and, of, and of, normally of we systems. like to pull back the, the curtain. Defensively and, and offensively. And give you the entire formula. But we can't do that because we don't want to give the rest of the... Uh, the, the football No, uh, here's the thing. Industry. Sorry, you're wrong. You're wrong. wrong. Okay, and that's cool what back. I wanted to mention. Okay, that was going to be my last point. We're going to do it? You've done it. He's done it. He, the yeah. formula oh, was a piece last oh, year. Oh, Strength the okay. schedule is called a whole I curtain. take it back then. Holding back the curtain. <laughs> yeah, here's what I, I want I, you to I, do. I no Once we got version two stuff. done of the draft kit, like I said, we're going to take a little hiatus for a few, three weeks. And, uh, you know, take a week to get version three done. But one of the things I want, the piece I want you to write is the progression. Is this year's evolution? Is sure. that strength of schedule? Show the curve. Give it to the rest Give of the Give it to them. Give we it know to where them. it started. Yeah, hell. If they want to take credit for it, fuck them. Everyone knows what's, what's amazing right is right. I, I, I still love how I go everywhere now. We talked about tears in 2011. And now, you didn't hear about that anywhere before but that. We before well, that. We before that. that. We were rocking that now 9 Yeah. Well, no, but I didn't join it. Okay, I didn't join it. You joined us in the 10. You joined us in 10, was bro. Was it 10? Yeah. 
In tent, yeah. Is it tent? Oh yeah, yeah. It's been Absolutely. that long. We've done. We did podcasts together in tent. Son uh, of a bitch. So we we were rocking yeah. hard. God, Cheers. It's been that, that long. Yeah. Fuck both of you yep. guys. I've known you too long already. <laughs> okay. But yeah, we've been we've been we've been doing. You high five. High five. High five. Um, all right. Yeah, no, we were we were rocking yeah. back in nine. I could pull out actual yeah. sheets that we have and stuff like no, that. It's, it's amazing. Top amazing. Topic and everything. And we've 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 evolved those and whatever. Let's they, get to the next. Basically, the point thing. of that was that they took them. Everyone, uh, uh, it's you. It's in use now everywhere, and we started that. <laughs> and Period. in the same way that we We're started targets, and then everyone started doing targets. So we did targets and touches, and then everyone was doing targets and touches. Now we do targets, touches, and looks. Next year, everyone will be doing targets, touches, and looks. And here's and here's and here's the saying that stuff wasn't around before us. I'm telling you. Here's the saying that mirrors what we do. A teacher affects eternity. He can never tell. Where his influence stops. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Our influence is there, and I guess we are teachers. We're teachers for you is our is our priority, but I guess other people want to grab onto it and use it to. Uh, there do are their own people thing. who like to or do siphon, siphon, and regurgitate Speaking information and claim it as their own. Oh God. <laughs> Everybody out there, speaking gotcha. Of, speaking of siphon, I've read I saw full s- paragraphs on Roto World that I've written that they've taken. Oh, senses. There's, yeah, taken there's no, it. There's no doubt about it. It's funny. But it is anyway, funny. Go on. It's good to be in, it's the finest form and of And I love Roto World. I still, I still yeah. follow them all the time. They have a lot of great insight and stuff, but people take shit. It's amazing. <laughs> the, one thing I, the one thing I do want to say on, on the siphon <coughs> uh, front is that actually on Entertainment Weekly, uh, which is a magazine I love for pop culture and movies and all that kind of culture stuff. Uh, is the cover is Mad Max? They're doing a redo. They're re- right. they're rebooting the franchise. Why wouldn't it? It's Tom no one Hardy. Has the original it's Tom, idea. It's Tom sure. Hardy who is Bane. Okay. Uh, yeah. In the last, He'll he's Max. Mad Max, and then uh, Charlize Theron. Is like the woman side. They want to keep. Really, they want to keep the New Zealand Australia aspect of this She's got a robotic arm mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But it looks. It looks kind of cool. And I saw one of the villains. But I mean, the villains in that were just like. I mean, that can movie. I, can I say that something? movie was as sinister as yeah. anything other than Clockwork Orange that I, I can think. It of. was pretty ground. I want to say something. At the time, I, I, I'm. I'm. I'm a fool. I object to these fucking movies. You, you know what? You do. You have no originality out there. I'm a writer. I can write you a goddamn screenplay. You want a Mad Max movie? Take the idea of Mad Max. Create your own idea and make a new. And it doesn't. No, don't name him Mad Max. Just and you can market it too. Name if you like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, you'll love this. Give me something fucking new. Don't remake RoboCop. Don't remake Total Recall. Don't remake Judge Dredd. Why'd you even make Judge Dredd in the first place? Don't remake all these movies. Come up with an original fucking idea and write a movie. Total Recall, I, I will not see the remake, but it's like the idea of what Total Recall is is amazing. So there are so many different ways that I can think of adapting <laughs> that movie it. to a I different love movie. The too much. Right, I won't either. But the original, there are so many ways that you can take what the idea was of that original go. I got a better idea to make it even a better movie now. Sure. And I don't want to need to call it Total Recall. It's just an idea. I can still give credit when I go to, to make the movie and say, yeah, I stole part of this from Total Recall. Fine. They don't care as long as you yeah. give credit to it. It's called oh, sampling. Yeah. You know, my. You know, it's, it's fine, but it's like exactly. write your own fucking movie. Be original. Come up with your own shit. Write. 
Don't regurgitate. Hold on, Agreed. hold on. We're putting the oxygen mask on. I am Houdini's tired. Face. I know. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm lit up right now. I am. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, it's one of the old. Uh, Jeez. Uh, no, it's true. I agree with what you say, um, but well, I don't know it makes me that way, and I'm not going to go into it. But I've heard about it. Not to talk about Star Wars too much more, but I heard that Tom Cruise might be in the next Star Wars. If that happens, I'm done. I used to. I'm done. I, I won't watch it. I heard I it might happen. I, I've read I read like eleven of the Jack Reacher books. Oh, I hate love, I wanted to see the love, Jack Reacher either. Love child, love those books. Lee Childs, the Reacher books. All of a sudden, they came out Jack Reacher, Tom Cruise production company had to have it, gave probably a ton of money, and fucking Tom Cruise is five seven. Five, five, I'm six, not tall. five six. Five, five six. Don't, six. Don't give me five, five seven. I'm not tall. I, I don't. I'm not a hater on short really people. Jack Reacher though. But the. Reacher is like a 6'4 baddest fucker of all time. Should have been so that movie, I'm going to tell you right now. Lee Childs, think about this. You, you went for the actor or whatever. I have not read a Lee Childs Jack Reacher since. film since, or book since. Really? That's I, I read effect. 11 of them. I was like basically like... I'd read almost all of them except for three. Since that movie came... I can't do it. I, I, Reacher to me is Tom Cruise. I'm, I'm sorry. with you. We gotta it. separate. It's like the fantasy football and football. No, it's not. No. There's enough books no, no, no. out there, to be honest. I did 11. I was already kind of sick of them. There's oh, more well, to it. You were getting sick of them. Yeah. The, the books, the books had this formula. No, like, they're all great. I wanted and to easy, see the movie because, because, again, what Tom Cruise represents. I didn't see Oblivion. I didn't see. I, I never even Oblivion seen Oblivion was bad. Now, and I'll tell you what, everyone, everyone will tell me I'm crazy it. because it was a great movie, but I have, not seen, I have not seen Minority Report. See it. I know. That I hate movie. the guy. I know, I that movie's incredible. I know, I know, I know. So, that's a good one. But, but, but you talk. Sorry. You talk about an effect, <laughs> though, right? That's the effect that that has on me. And so it's like. Even still, like like I hated when they remade Death Race, right? Yeah. Like the original Death. Those of you who are you know who are young enough and you've seen Death Race, go and see the original. See the original. Death Race two thousand. By the way, do you know uh, Robert Corman or is it Roger Corman, the guy who directed it, who is like this B movie guy who did like every kind. Of, he did Piranha. He did like movies that you've never even he heard did of. Piranha. Yeah, he got recognized. He, he's re- he directed. I want to say it's like over three hundred movies or something. Awesome. And they're all like the the, the, the names B, the of the movies. movies. You gotta love them. The names. I mean. I'll tell you what. You talk about something else. I'm going to pull up the names of some of these Roger Corman movies because this is just like unbelievably hilarious. Like alligator. Shit. I used to. Love oh, he did. He's done something like the shark octopus and stuff like that. Yeah, he's, it's, he's, yeah, he's nice. done some of those. Yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, that, that that's good stuff. Here, Roger Corman. Okay, so Roger Corman. I'll give you some names here. Ready? So he did. Uh, okay. Okay. <coughs> uh, Dino Shark. Yeah. Dino Croc versus Super Gator. Shark Octopus. He did do Shark Octopus. Okay. Um, this is the things where he was a producer. Okay, so let's go back to his old days because back in the he started back in 1954. Awesome. Okay, Highway oh, Dragnet was his first. Uh, he was a co-producer on that. Uh, he did. Uh, let's see, Machine Gun Kelly, Stakeout on Dope Street, uh, Night of the Blood Beast, 1958, Hot Car Girl. Doesn't that sound good? Uh, he- I want to go see Hot Car Girl, The Brain Eaters. Uh, Attack of the giant leeches. Because <laughs> leeches can nice. attack you. <laughs> like Wait, a bucket the, guy, of blood. the guy did Hot Carl Girl? Hot Carl. <laughs> yeah. He was ahead of his time. He was ahead I of his time. I had a Hot Carl Girl once, and it's, she, was, she was good for a couple loads. <laughs> uh, she was the creature from the haunted sea. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's all good. The Mask of the Red Death. The Tomb of Legia. We get the point. Amazing. <laughs> this guy that's was. Good stuff. 
was amazing. So he did he did Death Race two thousand, but all he was also famous for having famous people in his movies before they came famous. In Death Race two thousand, Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. was yeah. in Death Race two thousand, and uh, so was uh, Carradine was was uh, Frankenstein. Uh, 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 Keith Carradine or yeah. David Derek D- David, David, no, David David Carradine. David Carradine yeah. But there is a Keith Carradine. He was the Beastmaster. Was he the Beastmaster? Yeah, yeah. Or was, yeah. Yeah. was, or was the Beastmaster? David Carradine was the Nick. Which Carradine was uh, Skolnick in uh, Revenge of the Nerds? Ah, uh, Jesus. I don't know. Booger? No. <laughs> Robert Carradine. <laughs> There's that at you? Yes, yes, it's Robert Carradine. Absolutely. That's a famous family, man. Carradine's. Those guys are those guys are really spitting them out. Uh, all right, let's move on to um, sorry power for, and numbers. Sorry for the sidebar there, people. No, nothing to be sorry about. We're crazy. <laughs> people knew that this was going to be crazy when they got into it. Uh, we're going to talk kind of briefly about the next couple pieces. And the first one's going to be Powers and Numbers by Suits. We did a podcast about six or seven podcasts ago. Eh, probably even more than that. Maybe and we've been talking about it a lot. Too. Yeah, we've been talking about it on a, on a regular basis. We love it. I was actually on the phone for an hour yesterday with Suits. Talking about how he's going to pull off doing the projections for the power and numbers piece and projecting who's going to be those teams that have four or five or maybe six, but usually there's a lot of threes of guys that are in the top 60 in fantasy points. And, you know, we kind of believe in this piece kind of shed, shine light on the fact that, you know what, there's like nine teams that have a majority of the fantasy point guys in the top 60. So be smart. And in the early rounds, Focus on getting teams, guys on the teams that actually score fantasy points. Yeah, and it's usually, it's always the thing, winning teams are usually the ones that are going to be there. It's because they have the ball, they're scoring points. Uh, but that's the key, is that, it, and, it, and the other thing about his power and numbers that showed is that no team is going to stay there for three years, right? It's, it's, there's only a certain amount of shot. all about winning. When you look at Detroit, like, well, no, no, Detroit. No, 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 I'm talking about teams that have guys that are in the top 60, they have three or more. That does not. There's not staying power there. It's not like something that normally sits there for four years in a row. And I make this point too because it's, I'll, I'll equate him in this, and it's true. It's why dynasty leagues are always so interesting, right? You'll sell out to get a guy when he has a great year, but at the same time, you look at an ebb and flow of a guy. Guys always go up and down in their career, and and they're not going to always put up better, better. Always be trending upward in their point production. You get you get a great year, then it, and it comes down a lot. Different factors are there. This power and numbers thing, it correlates into that in the sense of different teams are, are you know, depending on how they drafted, how they signed in free agency, different often moves that they made, injuries that happened to their team, whatever affects that role. So those of you guys that are in dynasty leagues, here's the one thing that I always say is that you always play for this year. So even though you have a guy who may be great in a dynasty league and you're like, God, you know what? I don't care. It, 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 you, you know, there are guys who are always building their depth and building. I want to have the best team over the longest period of time. Well, that's great. You're the Oakland fucking A's of, of, of fantasy football. You win 10 games every year and you lose in the first round of the fucking playoffs. Who fucking cares about you? You're nothing. As far as anyone compares to successful, who won the titles? That's all they care about. So while you're building all your, your, your third and fourth and fifth best player that are on your bench that are scoring all these points and you're so proud of it, it's about who your starting nine are. So there was like a guy who I got a question from. I just want to kind of turn He's this. He's solid nine? Uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's a name that makes sense, right? Because it's have a solid nine. I have a feeling like Pete 
Pete Saladine's girlfriend or something's made him get off of Facebook or something. Because it's been kind of silent out there for me, buddy. Yeah, what's up, bud? <laughs> haven't heard from your Rhode Island. Uh, yeah. No, no facials out here. I haven't seen. It, I haven't seen any new pictures of you taking an eighteen footer with your maximum uh, jump shot. With with about I'm expecting the next one three, to be three a picture of him in a cardigan with it wrapped around his front, with his little little dog in his arms and his girl. Let's stop talking about him because he's so good looking that it actually doesn't do us any good. And if he's got a solid nine, <laughs> if I was a chick. He's yeah, always like, so I'm lucky. so. Whenever he asks the question on Facebook, he's like, I'm just so good looking. I know he's kidding. <laughs> yeah, which I know. is friggin' hilarious. It's hilarious. But we miss you, buddy. <laughs> Request transformation. Permission denied, effective man. Don't be so hasty. First, you must discover the meaning of the blue substance and the reason why Gory Tate Man is here. Only then can you transform. Meantime, aren't you at all concerned? Might have been the precursor and influence for Breaking Bad. So Breaking Bad. Find, yeah. find the blue substance. Find the blue substance. Where's your assistant? Did he say Jesse Pinkman? <laughs> he did. did he say Jesse Pinkman? Yes, you're right. Jesse Pinkman, I can't see him. Thank you for the advice. I'm going to go find him. Ah, <laughs> uh, who would have known? The influences that are out there. Good old Vincent Gilliam or whatever that guy that started Breaking oh. Bad was a Spectrum Man fan. Yes. All right, good stuff. Uh, power numbers. Suits is going to be doing the projections for next year. I think it's one of those things where, we, where you know, the one thing I want him to do as well, and I wrote it down, and I'm going to have him do it so that EC doesn't have to dive deeper into it and piss everyone off. But uh, is, I also want him to do it with power numbers with the quarterback removed. Remember how much of a mm-hmm. dynamic change we noticed there, where yep. it's like obviously the top sixty scores there. I think there was like eighteen of them were were quarterbacks. More so, than that, yeah, twenty three. Right, what, so it was a lot. But you remove that quarterback, and then you can really get a, a sense of yeah top guys that well, others, you, which com- is important because it's comparing apples to apples because because quarterbacks are not the same. You can make a correlation between running back, right? We should do it at every back. fucking position, like right. we're doing on all this other stuff. Right. So, and we will. Don, what's up? How you doing? Hey, no, the great part is, Suits, you're listening. You're yeah, at, yeah, yeah, your yeah. directives have been ordered. Pull out a pen. <laughs> if you haven't pulled out a pen yet, buddy, start writing this shit down. Holla for a dollar. Big time. came out, they had just figured out reverb. And they put it into effect, and that is <laughs> the initial reverb. I love this, it there. I remember this. I don't know when this show came out, but I It's like auto... It was like auto... It was like... Auto-tuned for TV yeah, back yeah. in the late, yeah. late 70s. Early 80s. <laughs> that was also partly my uh, curly. Oh, wow. 
All right, that's awesome. Power of Numbers, you guys know it. We've talked about it. Go read the piece. It's still up there, but we're going to have a piece soon up in the next uh, week or two that it projects for the upcoming season and who are those top nine, top ten teams that we think are going to give off and uh, uh, harbor the most fantasy points from them. And like you said, it's smart. I've always been someone that's been more of like, hey, let me grab a Blackman on a shitty team like the Jaguars because I think he can be explode and he's an awesome talent and all that stuff. And I've talked about it. It's I've maybe changed my approach a little bit. I still like a sick talent on a bad team that can score some stuff and everything's revolves, not as your number one. Everything's revolves around you. But yeah, maybe not as your number one. Go to those teams that are really harboring and, and, and giving a lot of fantasy football. And it points. makes a big difference. I, I got a question for Houdini. Danny, I have an answer. Does does height matter? Yes. Well, there it does. To me, it matters. Okay, so this is another article that came out. That was was your best one. Absolutely. Opening a can. I've been terrible. Your your cans are very, like, uh, uncarbonated. I don't know what's going on there. This is, like, small. Small batch. Another heady piece piece that we came out with this year. Wow, that's very. Talk about heady pieces. That's a heady beer. His beer is three quarters head and one quarter beer right now. So, way to go. Are you doing the, the stags? TD versus yardage dependency. I'm doing. Of the does beer height, for. Does like height it. matter of I your like beer? It. The height matters because you have way too 33% much. Thirty-three percent. Your head beer. is over fifty percent of your beer right now, so the height matters, and that's bad height. I agree. So normally height matters for receivers. So oh, this was a great article because this one came out. Did um, you do say so yourself? It came out of a podcast, and then it came out of a uh, response to our podcast talking in a Facebook question. Um, I can't remember who was the uh, the, the person that um, put the Facebook post out there, but Brandon Cooks was mentioned by D-Rex as going uh, to be the best wide receiver in this draft. He's definitely going to, as a rookie, have 1,000 yards receiving as a rookie. Part of the reason being, especially because he's with the New Orleans Saints, and he's got Drew Brees who throws for 5,000 yards every year. And I agree. That Drew Brees and the 5,000 yards that he throws for every year and the offense that they're in and the fact that they're in a dome, yes, it leads credence to the fact that he was going to have a better season than most. But what I then did was I Moore? knew... Where's Lance Moore, dog? Pittsburgh. Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills. Lance Moore is actually having the best camp of any Nick receiver. Two. Two. We can't say anything. <laughs> Until the guy has a catch or a game in the NFL. Nick but... Guy's got the size. He's got he's got it going on. Well, who's the other guy there that's been that, that did it every once in a while? That's not on the team anymore. For Henderson. For oh, where's yeah, Robert Meacham? He's there. No. Robert Meacham's he's there. He's still there. Henderson's that's, off the team. Henderson's Henderson's gone. Robert Meacham's, Meacham's done nothing. But that, he's okay. in town. Henderson's off the team. He's in town. Meacham's still in town. <laughs> Meacham's still in town. Great. Well, I welcome rookies. That needs my argument. So, yeah. So anyway, so this whole argument we've been we've Joe been Morgan. Those of you who've been following our podcast <laughs> know that we've been having this argument for about two about a month and a half, two months now. All right, Larry Bird Sox. Like um, the fact Holy is, shit, are those awesome for episode one thirty three, baby? I'm wearing my Larry Bird Sorry to interrupt you, but those right. are the coolest fucking socks I've ever seen. Larry Bird. Where the fuck did you get those things, man? In Indiana. <laughs> French lick. Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Larry no, Bird on it. No, it's serious! Stan Socks, Larry Bird on it. Sorry to interrupt you. I just had to show the, the Larry. You got Hey, too bad they can't see him. Uh, you better take a picture nice. and show him. It's nice. That, it's should be nice. The pic- that should be the picture of I got Larry our, Bird on the on the Celtics. Your ugly legs with the Larry hey Bird Socks should be the picture of our hey podcast. Done. 
Done. <laughs> done. Go on. Sorry done. to interrupt you, buddy. All right. So I did the research because my belief was is that I, I know that these slot receivers have been really good. These guys under six feet tall. But my belief was that it takes them longer or, or you know, they develop more in their second year. I, I just don't see the success for them in their first year because the argument was that Cooks is going to get 1,000 yards. So not only did I go back, and the only thing that I didn't include was receivers who were six feet tall. So yeah, I used I like receivers because I, like I wanted to have a separation. So I used receivers who were six foot one and over, and really there was no six foot one except for Anquan Bolden was the only six foot one because goddamn was he ridiculous in his first few seasons. By the way, the best. Can I, can I tell you him? His first year he had thirteen hundred seventy seven yards. His second year he got hurt, so he had six hundred twenty three. His third year he had fourteen hundred and two. His fourth year twelve hundred three receiving yards. He's ridiculous. Awesome. Ridiculous. He's awesome. This there, is the guy that was. Considered a slow quarterback, wide receiver kind of guy. Kind of, I know, they, kind of like Valverde. Oh, no problem. Sounds so, like a noon and pop. Of the history of the NFL, I went through every greatest receiver. In the history of the NFL, only five, count them, five rookie receivers have had a 1,000 yards in their rookie year. Ever. Ever. In of the five, four of them... We're six foot one or damn, taller. Damn, it's only five. Keenan Allen last year. Last year. Mm-hmm. AJ Green, not too far along. So Keenan ago. Allen, six, six two. Six two. AJ Green, six four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy Moss, six, six four. five six, four. four. Anquan Bolden, six one. The only one who was under at five uh, is Joey Galloway. Yeah. Five eleven or five ten? I don't five, know. Five eleven or five ten? I've seen him listed. Yeah, he had the lowest total of the thousand yard receiver. So Bolden was the highest at thirteen seventy seven. Randy Moss thirteen thirteen. Really unlucky for him, huh? Uh, AJ Green a thousand fifty seven. Keenan Allen a thousand forty six. Joey Galloway a thousand thirty nine. Joey Galloway is probably the. The second highest drafted guy behind AJ Green, as but well. he wasn't a slot receiver at that. No, time. He, he was an was outside receiver. Outside. Yeah, he, he was a deep threat. He was never a slot receiver. Now, what Joey? Here's the difference, because here's also the trend. When you look at these guys, um, for at least for him, as the only guy who was a thousand yard receiver, he never. He, he, he was that was his best. Yeah. Um, he, he was basically the same guy. The next year, nine eighty seven, then a thousand forty nine, a thousand forty seven. He was the Stevie Johnson of his era. It yeah. was the same stats for three years yeah, yeah. in a row. It was ridiculous. But then you had guys that were like the shorter guys who made the ascension, but. How long do they make the ascension for? Gary Clark. Tell me you guys didn't love number 84 for, for Washington, Gary Clark. I love Clark. Sanders even more. I remember because I, I, I was playing fantasy during the time, and I had Gary Clark on my team in 1991. I was a Sanders guy. He was a Clark guy. He was a Monk guy. Let's that's, do the, this that's awesome. Yeah. I, was, I, was I love Gary Clark. He was my favorite of all of them. Well, was, this earlier, was this earlier? But I was always, out of all of them, the best. Downtown Charlie Brown. That was how many years earlier? Yeah. No, that was... I was a downtown Charlie That's Brown. Right. That's so, no. so it's funny because I know I was playing fantasy of. football back then, which is like ninety one. I don't actually have I don't have record Charlie of my Brown. fantasy stats or like of any league I had until ninety six. I know I know I had a high school league because this was in my high school league because I remember being at my grandma's house. It was on a uh, like during it was Hanukkah, so it was around a Christmas time. And it was a Monday night game. I don't know who uh, the Washington was playing, but Gary Clark's on it. And Mark Rippon is throwing him the deep bomb, and I get and I'm in a long touchdown league. And he catches like a 70 yarder. So I'm 17 years old, and 
Everyone's there for like a family like holiday. It's like whatever, and I'm screaming in the den. They're like, "What happened? Is everything okay?" I'm like, "I just scored a ton of fucking fantasy points." <laughs> Gary Clark, Sam, <laughs> They're like Gary. So Gary Clark in his Gary, first year, who's yeah. Gary? In his first year, he had 926 yards, blew up to 1265 in the second year, 1066, 892. So it, it's. What, 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 I, what I found was, as you look at all the, the most prolific, and I went to the most prolific receivers under six feet tall, there's hardly any of them that have been able to su- sustain 1,000-yard seasons year after year. Whereas when you look at the great ones who are over six feet, the percentage of them who are able to sustain those 1,000 yards and increase and get to the ridiculous levels, you know, a.k.a. You know, 14, 15, 1,600 yards and plus receiving – are the taller guys? It hasn't been the short guys. It's true, and, that's, and, it's, it's, and it's going to keep that. It's going to stay that way, to be honest. So, what does that tell you then? Is what this tells you is if you're out there targeting a guy to be your number one, and your number one's going to be a Deshaun Jackson or a Tavon Austin or a Randall Cobb. Understand, Cruz, right, yeah. Victor? Under, understand that you're not going to get the same type of production that if you have a Julio Jones, a Des Bryant, and an A.J. Green, a Brandon Marshall, a Brandon Marshall, and Alshon Jeffrey as your number one. Jordy Nelson, 6'2 well, or 6'3. Uh, yeah, and faster yeah. than probably all of them. You look, at, you look at the top ten receivers from last year, the top ten fantasy receivers. I think it's either eight or nine out of ten of them are 6'2 or 3 and above. It's not even just six foot and above. It's six two or three and right. above. That's why I left on the six foot receivers because that's why I said there needed to be a difference. And only one six one receiver was Anquan Bolden. And really, mm-hmm. in my list, the only six two receiver, um, I think, it was Jerry Rice. And everyone yeah. else was six three and above. Uh, yeah. Oh no, no, wait. There's one other six one, Chad Johnson, who Chad was six Johnson. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but also to the well, that is to first catch for in in. Uh, Canadian football this hey, week. But here's, the, but here's to the point as well. You're, you're talking <laughs> about the top nine or ten, right? So like, if you're one of these guys who's drafting running back, running back, then you're going to be stuck with one of those other guys as your number one wide receiver. If you're drafting wide receiver, wide receiver, you know, again, and, 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 and it makes so much more sense. If you're outside the top five pick, why would you draft a running back necessarily? Because, you know, the difference of those, those top ten wide receivers – Versus where the where number ten number eleven receiver through number twenty receiver score more points than number uh, eleven running back through number twenty running back, so you're, you're you're just as well off. Awesome, totally agree. We're uh, we're actually going to move on and, and and get into. I think we covered a, a ton of awesome stuff uh, in some new concepts. The only other thing that you know we we could briefly talk about is another EC piece, but. Uh, we gave, we, gave him enough, we gave EC enough, enough extra credit. Uh, yeah, we, we gave enough <laughs> extra credit for EC, but keep it up, buddy. That, the, 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 the secondary uh, catches or PPR is a bar- barometer of, of, of which way you want to go for uh, deciding who the right guy in a PPR yeah, league is. Whether it's TDs or catches, yeah. which is the best for PPR. Uh, it's a great piece, by him. Uh, check it out. Check obviously. it out. It's on the website. It's got a, like a, a, a modern-day Big B fifty two ask bomber uh, type of graphic on it and uh, EC man again we really appreciate it it's been awesome that literally I talked to you on the phone 
about a week and a half ago on Saturday, a day after you sent the piece, and you sent another piece since, and all the stuff. We're really fired up, and appreciate it's good stuff. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, uh, really I'm appreciate. A huge it. fan of, of shit like that. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's. We're hard. We're hard on people. You said dog, uh, uh, Stag's called genius. You're like, you, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge not, fan. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm, uh, a, I'm never up at a genius point, but genius. But you is know what I mean. We're, you're we're all, we're all like huge. Einstein and shit for me. So I don't, I don't like throwing around the word genius, but your shit is very heady, extremely heady. I'm a huge numbers guy. I love going in depth. That's the way I, 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 I lobster roll, whatever you fucking <laughs> the kids say today. I don't know what the fuck they say. That sounds like a red lobster. That's the way I lick my shitter. What I love about it is that... So good. For me, just to let... uh, I'll open the door on how... When I come up with my pieces and things that I think about, I have an idea of what I I think and what I believe an idea is. And then I just start going and finding all the stats and doing the research. But I never let... Because stats and numbers can always be construed... Any way you want to use them. Yep. So I can have an idea and I can just keep digging until I find the numbers that back up the, my idea. Yeah. I go into an, into an article with an idea of what I, what I want the article to be about. And then I start doing all the research and finding all the information about it. And I go, wow, what I found is a lot different than what I thought I was it's expecting true. to find. And wow, this is what changes how I look at things. Because... I'm not going to be affected by my emotion. I'm not going to be affected by any pride or anything like that. It's more that I'm going to be affected by the truth. What the truth is. Let's yeah. let's read the real facts of the, of the case and say, shit. The way I've been approaching this now that I see this makes me believe that I'm wrong in what I, how I was assessing this before. I need to reassess, and by reassessing, I become a better, smarter. Uh, a better teacher, better, better fantasy player, better everything all the way around. I will tell you that, sure. that years ago, um, I, I know because I've, I've always been able to do it, numbers are, are corruptible. You can turn numbers into whatever you want to turn them into because they'll bring about fact, but you can leave out numbers and you can add numbers in that are still fact, but make them make your argument as opposed to opposing your argument. Out of context. Yeah. I, I can, I've been able to do that in the past and I... I'll admit to having doing having done that back in college here and there or whatever writing papers and shit yeah. like that you know even even in math class shine you the can, light on the things that tell you what you already thought asking concepts on stuff like that I can change numbers as anybody really can if they understand numbers enough you can change into whatever you want it to say for you but in well, fantasy like, football what you have to do is you have to give the truth on it. Because if you're changing the numbers on it, and I can make the numbers look audience. good by not talking about interceptions and fumbles and all the other stuff, exactly. and glorifying certain points. But if you take into account the, you know, look at it from uh, and again, Fox News is fair. And, and this is what I think what, what's yeah, great yeah, about it, Fox News is it's fair. Oh, they are giving every they side every angle, every angle. They're just giving it it's, to you as it is and letting you depict. I'm in a prism. Own. I'm like I got can bounce around. I'm in a prism. I got so many different things that are going on when I watch listen to Fox News. You know, it's crazy. It is. I just so, but no, no, no. Here's the thing: is that it's it's a grand overview, and I think that all of us do this. We are none of us are slaves to trying to prove a point. What we're slaves to is trying to prove what's great and what's right and what's the best new way to look at things. And so it's going to make it, us better. It, it was, right because it it's is, about evolving. It's going to make you better. Yeah. Anyone that thinks that anything is 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 the same or stagnant or stays the same in this in this sport or in any sport, and, no, it's constantly evolving. And if you've seen anything in our society, for those of us like us who were born in the '70s, grew up as little kids in the '80s, were were really exposed to everything in the '90s when 
There was no technology for us. We had fucking Walkmans, okay? And cassette players. We had nothing. I had a typewriter in college. There was... uh, I had (laughs) had a computer. I had a computer, but it's like... I had like... We had the real floppy disks. I had a mobile Apple Apple IIc. With that you had a handle email on it. Email first but, came but out the when monitor, I was in college. The monitor weighed 300 pounds. My mm. first email account was an, was an at Iowa EDU account because universities were the first ones that like had internet and it's like you could only share, you could only email people inside of the EDU. But it was like holy shit, my email friend. Email came I can, a year I can, after I left. It's crazy. Yeah, okay, it's crazy. Right. So yeah. we understand. I'm not sitting here going telling you that I'm the greatest of of, of fantasy football knowledge because. I did all these things in the past. I feel that we are all great because we are constantly watching, evolving with the game, and and changing and adapting and reading into all the stats. Not going in with a preconceived notion, but making judgments based on what the stats tell us is the truth. The D-Rex manifesto for 2013 for drafts was about being flamboyant and being steady and working hard and being... Ready and prepared. What you just said is what the manifesto is about this year. I basically revolve it around the horseshoe crab, who's been around literally, is the longest living creature on earth. Right. He's been around before the dinosaurs were extinct, still around and in our waters today. That's why they have a horseshoe. Evolution. Evolution. Evolving. Making sure that you're changing with the new guard and changing. Obviously, this creature has been able to do it. No long-living, big, beasty creatures lived as long. So, basically, that is genius, what you just said, and that's the way I'm living my life on trying to give my gospel on fantasy drafts this year because uh, you gotta, you got to adapt. You got to evolve. Just like Spectre-Man. Like... <laughs> For your ear doctor visit, I'm I'm just gonna tell you right now. Well, the <laughs> Japanese like listen to that and like Beats headphones. <laughs> we apologize. No, 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 no. The Japanese always like to, like like to push the level with checking if you were epileptic. So yeah. that was your epileptic check. If if you had a seizure, then go see your go doctor. See your doctor immediately. Otherwise, you have passed this test and you are okay. Or get up off the ground, basically. At I love it. Hopefully, no one really that happened to because then they're like, that would be horrible. That would be terrible. That would really feel like, bad. Show number one thirty four never happened. Never happened. That was like when I was, okay. We've been banned. Speaking about Japan, though, so I had my PlayStation three when I got my PlayStation three. This one guy told me get this game Gran Turismo five. Okay, so I get Gran Turismo five. He's like it's the most realistic simulator driving game. And as you turn on the game, it says. Uh, if flashing lights and whatever are a problem, you have epileptic seizures, do not play this game. Because yeah. as you're like driving up, they have like 
you know, all the people that are on the roadside are taking flashing pictures of you. So it's just like constantly has this like the screen is just flashing at you nonstop. So talk about sensory overload. Like, well, I saw. Why I, do you need to do that? I saw <laughs> Kanye. I saw the Kanye West talk about that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting to shake. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Kanye West. I see your Jay-Z eyes rolling back in your head right now. <laughs> Why am I feeling faint? <laughs> on that Kanye West Jay Z tour where they did that uh, uh, whatever I'm spacing the name of the album they did together, but they went on tour, saw him at the United Center, and basically on the ticket, they say they have that kind of warning. Did they really? If you have like epilepsy, crazy lights, because it's just all fucking uh, strobe lights. They got these vertical stages that are going up, and Shark Tanks are on them, and it's just like the just too many visuals and lights and different kind of LEDs happening. Where if you got issues in that. They're basically saying, this ain't the show for you. Uh, all right. By the way, I love leaving a beer in a freezer and then bringing it out and having the like whole that. bottom just completely frosted, but the very top neck, because there's no beer in the neck, stays like not that frozen. Is your you like awesome. those black bottles. It's nice. Well, no, it's, I, I like the Imperial Stout, so this is a new one today. So this is very good from uh, Brooklyn Brewery. I'll throw a little uh, shout out to them. Uh, black Chocolate Stout. 10% alcohol by content. This is very good stuff. Who did one time? He's like, yeah, for the podcast, grab me a couple stouts. And I grabbed him like four, spent like 40 bucks on four beers for him. <laughs> these, these stouts are expensive as shit. And I bought them and, and afterwards like, dude, from now on, don't worry about flavor or label, just worry about alcohol percentage. <laughs> He just wants the 10 to 12. He doesn't but care about anything. When you get the stouts that are done right, it's like you see it how, how it looks and like oh, the yeah. way that, like it's a difference. So when you get the ones that are 7%, it's like, oh, it's bullshit. It's like, fucking I was Guinness. Getting, I've talked I don't to the Guinness guy anymore. and I'm like, this is not a, a great taste. This, is, this one. is something bad. That's beautiful. That's chocolate love. Yeah, it is it chocolate is. love. That it's, is chocolate love. Sexual right. chocolate. Sexual chocolate. chocolate. Sexual chocolate. He's got jungle fever. He's Give got jungle I don't care. You guys want one, one more? Randy wants another. You're what? I am black. You'll be <laughs> in my stomach. No. And I'll be wet. You, you are black and I am white. You're as blind as a bat and I have sight. Yeah, you're doing it verbatim. I'm trying to do a oh, little, little, going, little You're going freestyle? Yeah. We, you're doing a head spin? Most people listen to that podcast. We closed oh, out on that song. We right? did. We did. We did. All right. So that was a lot of our freshly squeezed concept by Pyro. And again, certainly more on most podcasts. We're just talking about ourselves and fired up because, like we said, we're learning from all these other pieces that are our brethren in Pyro and our in the new writers and the current writers and Stags, who's one of the great stories ever. Where Stags was an intern year two, and now in Pyro, he's an owner of the company. Should we? That just shows you. Yeah. You do it right, you're going to be along for the ride, and pretty soon, hopefully sooner and later, I give it five years, household name, pyromaniac in fantasy football, we made it. Marching in, in like in like slow mo. I wish it was, but 
Is that a, is, why are you playing that though? Is that regal or is it a part at the end? That is Spider-Man? no. This is the, that is okay. You know how new movies have like music for when Luke Skywalker comes in or That's when Darth it. Vader comes in. That's Spectre Man's Japanese Jeez. theme song. Now you know Spectre Man's in the house. That international bastard. <laughs> <laughs> We he's he's even saving America Americans and, and and human beings even when he's playing a Nazi. Although he's always in oh, Tokyo. Yeah. Although he's always in Tokyo. Nazi? Let's just he's over. You playing Hitler? No need to. No, I was working out. <laughs> oh my god, Spectrum man! All right, let's do some uh, mailbag questions. Yeah. And we got over Twitter. Toddy BS. I think this is funny. We can get kind of through it. Uh, as swiftly as we know how to get through things. Slowly. Slowly. Uh, BS. How do we come, how do we, how'd you come up with your monikers? Basically his questions. I've been listening since last off season, so a year ago, and don't think I've ever heard the genesis of all your nicknames. I don't think we've ever. Any info. I don't think we've ever divulged the origins of our nicknames. I agree. I don't. I don't have like a great story for mine. Yeah, maybe I do. But who wants to start? Dogmatica. Your name is. Go ahead. That's dog. an evolving name. You got to start from Dog, which I think I guess I, Mad Dog, which I, I gave you. Like, oh, is it from name. Mad Dog so give it, Twenty? Let, no, 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 oh, no. It's not Dog Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Give, give us the lowdown. The my, uh, mine is probably the longest. Tangent. I'll yeah, the, I'll give you the yeah. short version. But tangented a little bit because it does go back to about. It, it, it goes back to '87. It does go back to the summer of '87. Uh, D Rex and I were going to be freshmen in high school uh, in, uh, over here in Chicago. Uh, did we mention high schools? No. Whatever. <laughs> How do you know if someone went to New Jersey? You mentioned your fantasy team. They'll, they'll, they'll tell you about it. So you mentioned your fantasy team. No, I don't you, mention your high mention, school. Uh, you I will, uh, I'm going to have to mention my fantasy team. Okay. Oh, is this? Oh, is it going? Oh, it has. It, it's it's a Dude, long. Just, just do your story. Let us. Right. Let, I'll right. shut the, up. The, the I'll story shut is, um, we're trying out for freshman football teams, and we're doing a tackling drill. And uh, there's a certain way you're supposed to tackle. You're supposed to, get, you know, get around the hips, uh, grip around, put your head to the side, and and drive them backwards. And for some reason, I think I I, I didn't do it purposely, but I just I I think I picked you up. And threw you or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it was something along those lines. And uh, you didn't. You weren't very happy about that. I think you came at me, and maybe there was some separation involved. And yeah. people just started calling me Mad Dog. Like I, 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 when I was getting pulled away, I'm like, "You're or like you a Mad Dog." Me. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, like, you're like a Mad Dog. What's your problem, bro? So and we're like getting pulled off. Both, both little nice fellas. Yeah, and but we, good we, times. Yeah, we were, we were rather small back then. Yeah, uh, we're. You, you proved yourself a few years later, but go on with the story. Yeah, no, no. Well, anyway, so, you know, I mean, I ended up being Mad Dog for quite a while, and, uh, you know, I eventually got the dog. People just call me something a little shorter. Years later, we're in fantasy football together, uh, D-Rex and I. And uh, I'm joined up with uh, one of my other friends, another guy from our, our high school who I happen to go to college with, uh, Spike Jones. Sp- Mike, Mike Spike, Spike Jones. Mike Spike Jones. Spike um, team. We were coming up with a, a new a new name for our team because we'd been together for a little bit and things weren't working out. So we were coming up with a new name, and uh, I don't know why, but uh, you, you, I mean you've seen Battlestar Galactica, 
Yeah. Correct. Beanie, beanie, beanie. No, that's Buck Rogers. No, that's Buck Rogers. <laughs> the other one, you know, with the Falcon, the guy who was like yeah, the Falcon guy, whatever. Who was they're they're yeah, both, yeah, yeah, yeah. both great yes. in their own respects. I love Buck Same Rogers. Same A here. lot of the sound effects he played for us tonight could have easily been Well, maybe Battle we'll do a Buck Rogers because I love the theme song I like Battlestar Galactica, too. Yeah, true. But Battlestar Galactica, ph- phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal show. Phenomenal. I used to love it. The remake with Edward James almost. Did you like that? No. Yeah, anyway, oh, no, anyway. no, I, well, you know, I, I like the bond. Oh, yeah. It's mm. another one of those things I just couldn't get into. I know. A redo. Come up with something. But well, and, you remember, hold on, Ricky Schroeder's mom from Silver Spoons. Aaron Gray was in she was, in. she was in the original. Well, mm-hmm. That's right, that's right. Was she, she was in the She was, was that, Buck Rogers? Was, was it Buck Rogers? Oh, my God, I don't know. I don't know now. Spectrum and ah. go on. Anyway, Aaron Gray was hot. Liked her. I don't know why, but I, I was... I was I don't know. I'm always into nostalgia, and Battle Battlestar Galacta came into mind. Battle Spike Dogmatica came into mind. I don't know. I, I, we just tried to combine the nicknames of the show, and that was it. Battlestar Battle Spike Battle Spike Dogmatica came from Battlestar Galactica. Uh, it's a it's ugly. It's an epic name. It, it's ugly, but it worked. So what happened to the Battle Strike? Uh, strike or Sp- we, we just couldn't win together. <laughs> And we had we these guys. Oh, he was Battle Spike. He was oh, Battle Spike. Yeah, ah. Here's basically what would happen. These guys are both really sound. Obviously, Dog knows what he's doing. Spike's really, really good at it, too. Yeah. But what these guys really would do in drafts is literally be 30-minute picks. Yeah. We like, just it, was, it was like they were working through such no, the minutia. Him. No. no. Dude, we got to do it. Dude. Okay. Let's do Rochambeau. Best of 28. I plus lost. Plus okay, fine. Let's flip a coin. Guys. Yeah. So it was tough. Like, if we had a discrepancy in what we were thinking, it took a long time <laughs> to work that out. <laughs> and believe me, really we put our They were always walking to another you room. Be, you should They're be glad you weren't in my yeah. They couldn't talk in we front did, of we us. We would go to oh, another room. They'd be gone. Like, where are these fucking guys? Oh, 28 minutes. You need commissioner like me who goes, two minute clock. You're done. That's where and, I and what we do, from, and, and what we do, and what we do is like as I used to have because Charlie don't surf and my boy Seeks uh, did the same thing. So do you know goes, we did? no, we, we no we instituted next guy. You're on the clock two minutes. Next guy can pick and then they make their pick pretty quickly. Here's the truth. In that league, everyone wanted the 13 hour draft. It's just part of the nature of the beast. It's mm-hmm. one of our favorite things. People are coming in, and it's just like, hey, we're not trying to rush through this. And I, actually, that's why I love and respect this league so much because, like, the draft is a major cog in the season. It is. Where it'd be like, basically, what happened when that's your come right when, 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 when it was Battleship Dogmatica on the clock, we're like, all right, let's go cook some meats. All right, let's go get baked. Who's got a bowl? Yeah. Where's the bowl at? Let's pop right. that thing open. Like, <laughs> right. we got time. Hold we on. Would give, we would Hold give on. the rest let's of the reenact, league. Let's reenact the um, Civil War. Yeah, it doesn't let's, matter. Let's reenact. It doesn't matter. Here's the point. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm in six leagues. I'm in six leagues. Four of them are live auction, live drafts or auctions or whatever. And you're together with all the people. It's that the is the best part of the whole the best damn part thing. Because I don't see these guys the but once a fucking mind. year. This is the one time a year that we get three hours, four hours, whatever it is. I hate together. the guy that's like, dude, we got to start driving. Dude, I got to be in bed. Relax. This is the this is the, this is the epicenter it's of the season. Season. Christmas. This is and the seed you, you plant. Enjoy it. And enjoy the, the journey. journey. Enjoy the home. online ones, right? Summer and Christmas. And you're sitting what? there and you're, and you're chatting with so, people online. And there's the people. Summer Christmas. And there's the people who bitch you like the same thing. Draft already. Draft already. Hey, 
Fuck you. Relax. We'll get through it. Yeah. You, you budgeted a night. Relax. The extra hour is not going to kill you. Enjoy it. This is too... Why this do is, I have a feeling that Houdini's been, Houdini's been the rush factor in many of his leagues. <laughs> Dude, come on. I got to write an article for Pyra. Oh, no, no. Only on reason. <laughs> you want to know what's hilarious? I'll tell you. I'll divulge. I'll divulge. I, in my, still in my, the guys. Uh, here it goes. Right I'll tell it. I'll tell it. In my main league, where I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that has to keep the order, right? So I'm the one that's running the whole show. And it's like... These are all old friends. We've all known each other. This is like a group that's been basically together for 10 years playing this, you know, same thing. So you get guys, you get a group of four of them, they're talking. And you're not going to shut them up and you're not going to get whatever. And you're going to get the, and the best part is that you're managing, I'm managing the different people. So last year, which is the best part, I've always been more uptight. Until last year, I'm like, after all the shit that we do with all stuff, I'm like, yeah. I don't fucking care. Yeah, shit. So I, I just like I took the whole reins off, and I'm just like I'm just gonna be relaxed about the whole thing. There you go. And and what happened was because it was always like it was, we always have one guy in your league, right? It's like come on, get him to go faster. And it's like invariably I'd be then that guy who would be my cousin a lot of times making me go faster, and then I'm like you're up, my cousin Pete, you're up. And, um, give me a second. Fuck you! You're making everybody else jump off of a cliff. I'm like, it's, you go it's now. The best night of the year. It's the best <laughs> Enjoy night of it. all of fantasy football. Enjoy you're, it. If your kid doesn't eat for three for three hours, he'll be okay. It's not gonna die. I don't see Moran. It's gonna any other day of the year. Right. I don't see. Yeah. I don't. I'm That's not doing taxes. Where hey, enjoy it. All, all, all these. All, yeah. When he comes in town. I'm not. This, it's. I enjoy. It. And I. Uh, and then, I brought Moltz in as my partner on that team because yep. he was a part of it at one point. Part and of that is that he came though. back in, and he's the guy that's like he gets worked up for the draft. Yeah. Like this, the draft room's not working. We're coming up with new rules. The finally, finally everything's working, and people are taking ten minutes. He's like flipping out. I'm like Moltz, fucking relax. Right. You know what? Yeah. You know what? Enjoy the moment. Because the you getting caught up right now, and this is something I talk about in my draft manifesto, and it's still going to be a point every year going on. The calmer head, the cooler mind, the one that's already been there, the one that nothing thrown at him. Jordan used to say it, doing free throws, blah, blah, blah. It, do, it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't matter. Right. Muscle memory. Right. right. Be in the point, the frame of mind to succeed. You and all that chaos is going on around you. Just be like, I think we should do uh, fumbles should be twelve minus twelve points. I'm gonna make another point. <laughs> Let's see how they react to this. <laughs> no, no, no. Let everyone else be nuts. <laughs> oh, how about this? Or, or you could be, you could be the, talk about draft. Strategy. I want to play lead that. How about, yeah, how about playing, playing into the subterfuge? Right, you know a guy's gonna get pissed off. You know how you can push his buttons. You know how you can get under his skin so he's gonna make a dra- bad draft pick. You can just start That's doing that stuff. Do. Right, no, no, right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, no, here's the other thing. I'm gonna, it's I want to give poker. As a guy who is a guy who is a commissioner in all these leagues and usually has to run drafts. And what sucks is, especially when you're running an auction, because you're like, you're running in the auction, you're like, we're bidding on Anquan Bolden, $5, someone's like, 7 and I'm like, I'm bidding 10 you know, and the, if you're, in, you're, you're running the auction and you're bidding, that sucks. Hire a high school kid, hire somebody for 25 Your bucks, 50 bucks right to now? come in and, and, and run your auction. We pay our, our one buddy, Josh, you know Siegel? We pay him. He runs our 16-league auction. He comes in. He's a musician, so he comes in with a microphone. He comes in with an amplifier. He's going going once, going twice. He's going, yeah, and we pay him. Why, why, are you, why are you not getting recording video of this stuff? To, I, well, you know, this maybe we year, should. If I don't get that from you, I'm going to 
give you the, the Nancy Kerrigan like because our our auction is so ridiculously unimportant. What? How'd you come <laughs> up with Houdini? Well, it's a real name. So my name, my real name. You is, spell it like the the old the old I, uh, no no the no old the, rap, rap, the, the rap, rap trio right. Uh, my real name the, uh, Houdini. Oh, okay, my moniker Houdini is like the magician Houdini. So to give you the real breakdown on who Houdini was. Houdini was a Hungarian who was born in Hungary in 1874 under the name Eric Weiss, E-R-I-C-H-W-E-I-S-S. My name is Eric Weiss. So I was born in, obviously, not in Hungary, but my grandfather was born in Hungary. Now, he was born in 1874. I was born in 1974. He was born in March of 1874. I was born in March of 1974. He was born March 28th. uh, I'm sorry. He was born March 24th. I'm born March 28th. Four days apart, we're both Aries, a uh, hundred years apart, Hungarian blood, the whole thing. So from an early age, it was it, it was one of those weird ones. Like it's very hard to give yourself a nickname, but because my nickname is based in a hundred percent truth, it worked and it stuck. So I had like when I was eleven years old, I was in a, a bowling league and I had my bowling ball said Houdini. On the bowling ball. And then there would be people... He's a big bowler. There, he wakes I, up early and bowls. I do. I, I, it's awesome. I love it. You come over <laughs> early in the morning and be like, what, what's going on? What just you under 200 like, yeah, I just shot. I just bowled three games. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. It's like, he goes and works on his bowling game in the morning and then comes over and works on Pyro. I'm like, this guy's fucking impressive. Like a 199, 198, 199 average is where I'm at right now. So no, you're, I, I, It's I, good. So Houdini is a real name. It's 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 based on the real Houdini. Based on the fact that not only do I have the same the name, same I have family legal. lineage that's to the same area where he was born in the same country. Uh, I have no idea. I've, 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 I kept trying to say... Are we related? Am I related? Are we a, a distant cousin, Weiss cousin, from my grandfather and, and his family who grew up in Hungary? But we don't have any of the records of any of the family stuff from back then, so I don't know. So so this nickname has nothing to do with the fact that you locked yourself in a chest <laughs> in college when you were 20? No, no, no. Let's, let's get the story straight. Okay. I was, I was 10 years old. I was locked in a chest. Not by my own uh, will. Okay. And I was left there for 10 days. And okay. I survived. Okay. And That's then they funny. called me. Funny. I just want to make sure. That I was, there was, there was but, one can of Coke in the chest. But it, <laughs> I lived off The reason they did that. The reason they did that when I was 10 years old. The reason hour. they did that when I was 10 years old because they found out that I was connected to Houdini. So they figured, hey, you're, you're Houdini. You're Eric Weiss. We'll lock you in a chest. You'll get out and you'll be fine. Now, it was a, you know. You're talking about spending a month in the box. Every morning, I, got, I got 10 days in the box. <laughs> Some wrong and again. after that, I went from, I, I became a skinny kid. And I've never, and I've been, and I've remained to be a skinny kid ever since spending 10 days in the box. Yeah, but are you a Valverde? Are you a Vietnamese geese? And sometimes it's nice to be in a box. It's really nice. No, I'd rather spend my time Don't in a milk pail. Pass by your pants. I'll go to a milk pail, or I'll just go and fuck over some goddamn psychic and show them that they're they're full of shit. D Rex, I'll give you the, how the name came about. To be honest, I had so many nicknames, some self-given, some given by others. One Valverde in uh, college at University of Kansas, sitting in Oliver Hall, and I had a bunch of mates from Rockhurst, Kansas. And other, a bunch of other fellas from uh, Shawnee Mission East. Uh, and these guys, w- 
were hilarious like us. And I went to college with three of my best friends from high school. Cronebone, Bonebone, love you. Listener, love you. And Timmy G. Garvey, love you fucking guys. Went with like my three best hey, friends ben. to college. Garcelle. And it's so, it was, it, we had it, we had it good. So, we became friends with another crew of guys that all went to Rockers together. And basically we had all these nicknames for each other and good times. And one of the ones that came out of mine was obviously Rude Boy was a big one that I had rude. before I got to college. Uh, rude Crude Dude. Uh, somehow Joe O'Brien and, and, and uh, Kieran Malloy came up with D. And then it was instead of T-Rex, this is right around like... Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park. Was oh, coming yeah, yeah. out. Oh, so they would be like, "What's up, D? 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 Like D? You know, D money, D Holmes, D puss. You know, anything else? D drunk. And then, whatever, and then it was whenever I go to that moment, it was D that. No, no. And then, and then there was a, the one night that you guys were out at the bar, and there was like everyone was buying shots, and then, and then they go, and they go, and then, and then, and then. They're like, D, you paying for that? You're like, I'm a little short on money. Like, ah, oh, D-Rex with the short arms. Can't reach into the wallet. What's up, D-Rex? Love it. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank God. At that point, I had That's more money than all these fuckers because I was an entrepreneur and yeah. started collegiate workforce. Ooh. But good, good, good answer. Hey, good it's, answer. It's, it's, well, yeah, it it's the D-Rex that I know because, God damn it, he won't pay for nothing. Right. Buy me a six pack. Would you? Who do you hey, would you buy me a? Would you buy me a cider Houdini? Hey, can you? Can you? Hey, hook you me just mad because I write checks. Yeah, damn right. I am. You, you like cash? Yeah, I do like. You cash. like cash? Insane, by the way. You like cash? I do. I want the cash. <laughs> but at the end of the day, Joe O'Brien and Kieran Malloy and Chris Saxon were like D Rex for anywhere I was doing anything. D Rex, D Rex, D Rex, and then I moved to California. And uh, somehow that name was brought up once, and my other boys, one of them might be listening to it right now, Sean Wolfie, and, uh, and, and Gordo won't be listening, but they call me D-Rex, too. I think it's hilarious, though, because it's completely different of the story that I thought how you got the name D-Rex. Because when I came in, when Pyromaniac was, was uh, in his infancy, there was also Fantasy Football Pharmacy, and you were D-R-X. Oh. I thought you were D-Prescription. Well, like you are the prescription. One of the reasons. Yeah, one of the reasons yeah, why I bought that URL and wanted that to be one of our concepts. That was your nickname. Because it was an offset of being the RX and being the. That's pharmacist. hilarious. And we did the whole thing with diet strychnine. Uh huh. Was it? We did a whole thing with pharmacies and pharmacists right. and doing design stuff. So there's Nothing been a. There's been a whole. Doctor m- dis- What? No, is that? Uh, it's is, not Doctor X. No. Who's that, Dr. That, X? That, I don't know Dr. No. no. I don't know who Dr. No, Dr. X, isn't that, uh, isn't that the, uh, the, the terrible uh, movie uh, Racer X? What's the bad guy in Racer X? Oh, Racer X. That's, 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 that's Speed Racer X. Speed Racer X. Speed Racer yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's not Dr. Who's Dr. X? I don't know, but a DR. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were the actual Dr. X. It's not Dr. X? I don't know who Dr. X is. Did you guys... Hear about how Doctor Oz is being called on about being totally full of shit, and he's like just pushing products. Doctor Oz, you know? Yeah, yeah of course. Raspberry Jones helped me lose twenty pounds. Oprah's toy, along with uh, Get out of amino three antibodies or uh, Omni uh, whatever fish 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 oil. Fish oil. Get out of here! Uh, yeah. When you talk, you talk. When you get out, you get out. Yeah. Um, all right. Toddy B, you got all of ours because we're not. We got all of our uh, uh, monikers. Stag party, I'll tell you. 
Anthony Stagg's last name. That's right. What did you? What did you? I, I, I came up with a better nickname than Stag Party. But, but, but what? But but what? He turned him down. He's a. Bitch. Well, he wanted to. Be, he wanted <laughs> to be what? He's a bitch. He want, yeah, he wanted to be what? <coughs> he his his name was. Uh, he wanted to do something, Rick. Oh, what was his? Remember his oh, initial God, yeah, name? That's right. Oh. oh my God! I'm yeah, so bad. glad I can't remember it. But he's like, yeah, I want my name to do that. I'm like, no. No, we're not. We're, we're not. We're actually you. not. <laughs> <letting it. laughs> I would never call you that. Yeah. Therefore, your name is not that. Oh, I can't believe I'm spacing, but it was the worst it was. It was pretty individual bad. nickname anyone's ever given themselves, and we didn't allow I'll, it. I'll, I'll remember it. Oh, my God. Please yeah. do. It was some, so bad. There, yeah, there was uh, a bad one story. All right. The next question we're going to have is from Dennis Hickson third. He's a, a, a fan of ours and a follower and a guy that I communicate with over Twitter. Um, good, good man. I'm in a league that has a high defensive scoring. Average of 20 points. Highs of 70 plus. And that's a week. Should I value a good defense higher when drafting? Question mark. Yes, hold on. This is goes back to Houdini's Know Your League. Listen to these points. But hold on. Six points per interception. Wow. Six points per sack. 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 Six points per sack. (laughs) That's a touchdown. Big bonus if they hold off below 30, uh, 30, 300 yards, 250 yards, 200, etc. I guess for quarterback. And I'm sure there's. That's just no total. Oh, total yards. Total yards. 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 What is your personal draft strategy? Oh, no, sorry. I went over. Uh, Also, big special team points. So, here's the thing. I mean, this is just a no-brainer. Yes, know your league. So, yes, you should value them higher. Now, the difference is also this. Where, you, where, where guys and positions get exorbitant amount of points, quarterbacks has always been the one that, that has been this traditional that people can understand from 20 years ago, 30 years ago through now. And, and you can look at our, uh, our ROI, uh, bird's eye view, 150, the top 150 uh, point scorers from last year and where they were drafted and what the return on investment was. And what you will find is that the higher scoring guys, the, all the quarterbacks are always in the higher scoring because it's just that position is going to score more. Even a lower-tiered quarterback is going to score more than a lower-tiered running back or a lower-tiered wide receiver, by far. They're going to score, even the low-end quarterbacks are going to score about where the top-end wide receiver twos are scoring. So, understand that those, those are slighted. Now, what you need to do is understand this. When you look at those defenses, is it a big difference between number one and number ten? Yep. Where where's the tier? Okay, I want to know where the drop off. Where is. are the drop offs? One to five, one to four, wherever. Yeah, or right wherever the drop off is, yeah. where, wherever it is, if you find it, and it's going to be clear because if you're in a league like that, and I don't know how many teams you have in your league, whether it's ten or twelve, but if you have twelve, and let's say I'm going to guess that that first tier of defenses where you can accurately project from last year to this year, it's going to be about three. So, yes, in those cases, it's worth jumping on those guys when you're talking about. Now, I have no idea what this guy's scoring system is for for receivers and and running backs and quarterbacks. Are they also only getting six points for a touchdown and doing regular standard scoring? And you're giving that type of of, of onus to defense? more to compensate. Because maybe what this... Because that's possible. Who knows what this league's goal is? Maybe the league's goal is to say the defense is points a no, week no, per team. No, the defense is no, no, no. Forget about that. The defense is what a team defense is going to score is equal to the breakdown of your quarterback, 
two running backs, two wide receivers, flex, and a kicker defense. Maybe they're looking at it that way because I'm in those leagues where we start two defensive linemen, two linebackers, two defensive backs, and a flex position. So you have a full defense that you're starting. Is, is this the idea to say this defense needs to be reflective of at least half of the points of the offense or equal to the points of the offense? If so, then yes, you need to value the top teams that much higher. I mean, then I would say to, in that situation, isn't it like a sixth, seventh round pick? Earlier. It could be a fourth round pick. Because if that point, because look at these points. If you're talking about six points per sack, per sack, six per time, there are games where a guy, Derek Thomas, had seven sacks in a game. Yeah, th- think about it this way. These teams That's 42 are going to be points. scoring. Just the, him. These defenses are going to be scoring as much, if not more, right. than a Jimmy Graham. And the difference. And the differential is the Jimmy Graham to the rest of the pack. Yeah, that. Yeah. And the differential so is so much bigger because of how many points they score. So if now, they the score on is, a year three times what a Jimmy Graham scores. I think the big question is, is how consistent are the defenses from one year to the next? It's very tough to predict a defense as opposed to but projecting predict, a Jimmy Graham. Based on the schedule, who are, if they're facing... Poor quarterbacks, or if they're paid. Hey, you know. Seattle has been pretty consistently a, a really good defense. You know, whether it fancy points or real, other or otherwise, um, I would predict them to have a very good defense again next year. They will be in that top tier of defenses. But here's the difference, dog. I want to jump in because this is important. Where the def- the weird factor that comes in is touchdowns. The Kansas City Chiefs were one of the best defenses last year for the first eight weeks of the season. Exactly. They were scoring That's touchdowns. That's going to bring up. Okay, and so Chiefs. you cannot, again, like we talked about in Stag's piece, uh, touchdowns versus yardage dependency, you cannot count on defenses scoring touchdowns. The Bears were one of the top defenses at the beginning Big of six. many, many years. Uh, you know, Even last year at the beginning of the year, for the first four weeks, they became one of the worst defenses in the history of the NFL. After four weeks, however, over the entire year, no, no, no. But at their, their first four weeks, go back and look at the Bears last year in the first four weeks. Yeah, they were right. they were intercepting and oh, yeah. intercepting it was, the same it, was the same it was it was old Bears, right? So where that is, and when you can find that, you can kind of find that through some strength of schedules. But what I'm saying is, my lord, if you have a league like this, there is a separation. There is a definite. Major advantage, and it also depends on, is this major advantage, is this just blowing up points only on defense, or are you giving blown up points to people on offense? Yeah. And, if, and if you're not giving blown up people points to people on offense and they're standard, and this is your system, then you could easily say and have a re- real argument to drafting a defense as early as round two, if not even round one. But there, it, you, there's a lot to consider. But I would not throw it all in in those first few rounds. I'll tell you because right now because a defense is dependent on eleven players, and you're not counting on exactly. just one guy being and, healthy. And there are a lot of teams that make a lot of changes on defense that people don't recognize because it's not in the papers. Right? It's not the headlines. Dennis Hicks in the it third. You're listening to this right now on Twitter. Give us more details on your rules for the. Flip I'll tell side you. That, I'll tell you that right now, and it's tough to say this. Because it's tough, so I, to read, about it's tough to read questions that are seven paragraphs long explaining everything. But well, it's he, also he hasn't tough. done that, which I like. No, I, I agree. Yeah. But it's tough to give answers to some of the questions that we get right, so let me without give, enough detail. So let me give it. Let me give a hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Jesus. I'm sorry. I Holy see crap. a lot of questions that come in 
that give some detail, but not enough detail. And we all do. And, and, and I would love to answer these questions in as much detail as I can, but without the proper information, it's tough to do that. But I also don't want to read your whole story. story. Yeah, I got these 24 guys. My The guy I drafted before me took this. The eighth pick, like some people are asking us questions. It's like, dude, how, what the fuck are we supposed to do with knowing your whole league who you, three trades you want to make, this, that, and the other thing, I'm with you. I mean, yeah. we get second opinions that are just like, we, we look at each other the next time we're together, we're like, I don't know what to do here. And basically, like, I, I think I've done one time, we're like, unsubscribe, or let's focus on one thing, or what have you. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry for being an interrupting yeah. fucking cow. Move, thank move, you, move. Thank you, thank you. I'm an interrupting Stop fucking cow. Stop interrupting. I'm an interrupting fucking cow. That's what I fucking do. So... Mm-hmm. My point is this. I wanted to jump on what you were saying, and I wanted to piggyback and, and agree. There is a way to be concise to the point of what your league's scoring system is. You don't have to give us your whole fucking background. You don't have to prove to us how good of a fucking writer you are. I don't want to listen to your fucking soliloquy. Just give me the information, and I'll give you the answer. Because I have a lot of other people who are giving us questions as well. And we but make it simple. But make it I simple. Mean, some, no, no, no. some guys do it. There's like 13 <laughs> players involved in the question. <laughs> there's four teams. There's unknown rule it's, sets. It's like, how about what this? am I going to do here? How about this? Don't try to impress us. I don't care. Yeah. Just ask me the question that short, concise, real. Yeah. I will give you a short, concise question. Real answer. Dogmatic will give you a, a long winded. <laughs> I, I will give you the longest answer you could possibly want. But I'll tell but you right sure now, make sure it's I on a specific it. subject so Dog doesn't have to tell you all about your league, every team, because he'll do it. I'll do it. And I hate I'll it. I'll do it. Does it. Listen, I enjoy <laughs> reading the shit that my four and a half year old niece writes me. It's very concise, it's to the point, it's very quick, and I will write her back. Thousand times more words than she wanted. Right, because when I get those bad ones, it's like, jeez. Your silly infatuation with that girl will ruin all my plans for her. Don't you realize that? Go to Zeron's aid. Destroy Spectre Man. He's on. Hold on. Seizure. 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 I need to help him. I'm not doing mouth to mouth, but I'll bring him back. Oh, he's good. He's good. Oh, God. Oh, that was a convulsing I I have epilepsy. I have epilepsy. You do realize that you have to see epilepsy. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that was good. Well, I wish we had the video going right there. Where's Dog, the GoPro? Dog, man. Where's the GoPro? It's upstairs. Oh. Here's the problem. What I have to do is I have to get a camera, a normal camera. I have to get like a, a Canon iOS. No, we need to get an old film projector. I, got, I, I want real to real. I want real to real. Fun. You know how long it takes you to edit these things already? I want to splice. If I got a splice and tape, I want to splice. I did that. I did that when I was doing my film. My dad has a splicer from back in the day. Like, all right, wait, all right. All my old manicures that last. My family's whole movies are all worse. My dad, my dad did. I got, I got Daisy. I got Daisyism. You have got. Get away from oh, yeah. me. Get away from me. Dog Manica laid on the floor and he is covered in No one told you to go have epilepsy without a video. Hey, nobody. Yeah, all right. All right, we're moving on. Hickson, give us more information, but not too much more. Right. And then it's short and quick. 
Dan Wynn, this is the guy. He, he, he said, yeah, I'm rolling over from uh, Dallas to San Antonio. It's a little over three hours. Maybe I'll get through one podcast. I love this guy. He told me today over Twitter <laughs> that uh, we, we uh, won him his main league last year. Friggin' awesome. His question is, hey, Pyro, I commission a league where we start two QBs, three running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a defense, a kicker, and it's PPR. What is your personal draft strategy for two QBs? And you know, obviously, let's just let's just let's just keep it at the QB position because there's a lot there. But that's a kind of a wild leak. Two QBs, three running backs, deep and three, three wide receivers. In that situation, where are you drafting QBs? Well, again, QB quarterbacks in any league score the most points of anybody. So. You have to go for quarterbacks. So you, you better go. Now, here's the thing. It's one of those things. Let's say you're in a, I don't know how many teams are in it. Is it you say, he doesn't say. It's if it's 10 or if it's 12. If it's a 10, even if it's 10 or 12, I would say this is kind of goes back to more of like the old standard type stuff where you would draft running backs in normal leagues and you'd see 10 running backs go in the first round. I would say in a lot of these leagues, you're going to see 10 quarterbacks go in that first round because people understand that, as we mentioned, how high quarterbacks score. If you're only, if you wait, and let's say you draft a Jimmy Graham, and let's say you get Adrian Peterson, and you're and you're like, I got Jimmy Graham and Adrian Peterson. People are like, oh wow, that's amazing. You must be dominating your goddamn league. And they're like, yeah, it's a two quarterback league. I'm actually in last place. It's because yeah. the two I quarterbacks got McCown, I have, I got McCown and Eli Manning and, and Brian Hoyer. Uh, uh, Eli Manning this year, I agree. But, but Eli Manning would be all right. But still, if Eli Manning's your number one QB. In a QB, two QB leagues, you're still number a bad one. Time. Let's put it this way: if you're number one QB, if you wait, and if you wait, if you go in the first two rounds and you wait till the third round in a two quarterback league to draft, uh, you're going to get screwed. I was the first two quarterback league I was ever in. My second quarterback was uh, Troy Aikman, and it was like the first week where he threw like four touchdowns. I'm like, I'm the greatest alive! And then Troy Aikman only threw like 16 touchdowns the rest, rest of the, of the season. Yeah. I'm like, I got no points out of my second quarterback, and these other guys are scoring points because they went quarterback, quarterback in the draft. Where I, I left quarterback until like the fourth round, fifth round. I'm like, I'm like, because I was going on, on standard basic thing. This is the, this is the, this is the point. The realization crystal clear. A two-quarterback league, it is essential, essential to at least have one top 10 quarterback. And if you're stuck in a 12-team league and you're drafting late, then you need to have hit on, on all wide receivers. You need to hit on all your running backs. You need to hit on a tight end in order to make up the points for their quarterback. Oh. Or you have to have that Matthew Stafford when he's undervalued or have any of those quarterbacks, Nick Foles last year when they're undervalued because – Everyone jumps on quarterbacks, and in these leagues, they score the most. And when there's two of them, you're fucked. I gotta tell you, and to, to sure. add to that, when you said that you need to have a top ten quarterback, not only do you need to have a top ten quarterback, but if your first quarterback is in the seven, eight, nine, ten range of those top ten, you need to draft quarterback. You need to draft, grab another quarterback immediately. You can't end up 10, 11, with number range. nine and number nineteen. No, that's what that's, I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. If you you either go. First pick, first round, and you're grabbing one late third round, maybe fourth round. If you don't, and you're going to a different position in the first round, second and third pick need to be quarterbacks. Let's put it this way. 80% of the people in these leagues have it's two one quarterbacks. Or after two or three. After, have two quor- 80% have two quarterbacks by their first three picks. Period. Absolutely. Yeah. 
and you're fucked. So of course, you are, right? You got your, you got Manny. What do you five hundred points or four hundred points this week? How many this quarterbacks year? score major points? You can go and maybe you can go fifteen deep. So when the you're chances two of lead, you calling a sleeper not are one in ten at best. No, no, no. One in forty at best. When you go past the top, I'm talking about like for your second QB. That's what I'm saying. When yeah. you when you're going from from fourteen like through twenty five, yeah. it's not even one in ten. It's worse than that. It's one in fifteen to one in twenty. It's it's easily that for your, Be, for your because second QB? you're not you're. It's so inconsistent. It's so inconsistent. It is. It's but very inconsistent. What like, you can get by drafting those quarterbacks early and then waiting, as you know, on running backs or on wide receivers, there's depth there. And in this NFL today, there's even more depth there. With the one position when you do two quarterbacks, well, there's depth. It's at running back, wide receiver, and tight end, you know not at quarterback. Right, and when you look at and a two quarterback two them, league, you gotta have those out of the way. A two quarterback league basically makes quarterbacks like running backs were in 1970. Okay? I'm gonna throw this in the dead there. ball fucking era. You you just deny the one in ten. I'm gonna give the example of the one in ten. It's okay. not one in forty. Nick Foles and Alex Smith both made it a one in ten call. Both those guys ended up in top in All right. the top. Go 15. back over the last ten years and tell me that there's two more of those every single year and I'll I'll well, agree with you. No, I agree. But, I agree. But, but, but there's at least one. The, but there's like an argument. But, you, but you agree with that. But if there's only one, then it's one in twenty. We agree that the first three rounds for all of us. Math can work for all of us. That's true. That's true. We'll all right. Whatever. One in twenty, one in thirty, one in twenty five. We'll call it down the fucking list. One in twenty-five. One in seventeen and a half. <laughs> Just make sure you got your two QBs by the end of the third round. Don't fuck yourself. There's one. There's one question that we're not going to answer today. What? There's no love. There's no love lost for you, Joel Jackson. But we're going to shut we'll, this we'll, party yeah, down. We'll get it. We're going to. We're going to figure out. I'm going to figure out a way to get this it's question on. It's a long answer. It's a lot. Time. There's a lot. That's of a lot. Of 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 I'm going to. I'm going to work with you. To, to zero in and zone in on it, and that's all. He, this is a, a second a opinion. By the way, if anyone wants to hire me to do your draft for you, I'm available for uh, fifteen dollars a draft. Fifteen dollars? Twenty? Oh yeah, twenty. Jeez, this is the cheap. I'm cheap. I'm on the cheap. Guy ever. Right. If you want me to work your draft, it's like me working your bar mitzvah. I'm about thirty three hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. Larry Bird in the house. Save it, Larry. Legend Larry. If all, you do is, an hour. if all you gotta do is text you back and forth, I'd be like, you give me two guides, I'll tell you who to take. Come on, 20 bucks, I'm on your man. I'm on site, and you gotta have like 20, <laughs> 24 highlights in the in the cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, Here's what we did this podcast. We talked about a lot of freshly squeezed concepts that no one but Pyro could ever conceive, and that's the norm. And we're going to keep talking about them. Buy our draft kit because a lot of those unbelievable concepts and thoughts and fans of Mind Mindshare for Big Max is in that. That's it. And we're going to keep doing this every week for you because we love this. And we love giving you guys more fodder and more information to make you better. And uh, we really appreciate you being along for this journey. And uh, Dogmatica, as usual, dropping a lot of K-knowledge. Love you. Have fun. We have a blast doing this, guys. And the reason we do is because we just love fantasy football. And we love hanging out with each other and talking about it. And at the same time, with all the feedback and the love that you guys are giving us lately, which, as we've said many, many a time of late, is unbelievable. I mean, it's like... Three, it's gone over the over the months to like a few emails a week 
telling pe- telling us how much they love us to a few emails a day. It's crazy, and and it's 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 really insane. It's it just shows just shows that how when we're doing this every week throughout the year for now, this is going to be our fourth season doing this. And how much we put into this website. And there's no one in the world of fantasy. You guys respect fantasy, it. We appreciate it. And there's no one in the world of fantasy that even comes close to an hour, an hour and a half. It's 60 minutes. What we do, what we do, half we hour. know it is overkill, but we love it. And that's why we're here for you because I love doing this. Two hours and 42 minutes and we're about to do the outro and, and, of, and, what is it? Spectrum Man. I want to pay homage to a childhood friend. I hope to God, as I haven't talked to this guy in, in 35, 40 years, maybe for a chance you're listening to this podcast, Ben Reese, who I hung out with, who was a Chicago Young American uh, hockey player goalie for the Chicago Young Americans when we were kids growing up. And I would come back after Woodland Park High uh, Elementary School at seven years old to his house to watch Spectre Man. And here's the Japanese intro. We love Spectre. you guys. Next time, guys. Rock out pyro in the mix. Spectruman! Spectruman! Swear to God, the ape had gym shoes on right about right there. He could have. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not. Love you guys. Later. Peace.